Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You directly the federal government. And 40% of what you spend goes directly to the federal government. That's 65% in hidden costs. What do you get in return? Let's take Social Security. Depending on your income, you may pay into the system three to $500 per month. At retirement, the maximum payout is $2,053 per month. And even that is taxed if you have additional income. But what would happen if a married couple saved $300 a month each over 35 years at 7% compounded interest? You would have over $1 million. The nearly $75,000 annual interest of income alone far exceeds the Social Security maximum annual payout. And you still have your million-dollar nest egg to provide for yourself and pass down to your children, your grandchildren, or even pay for your children's education. Ready to take your money back? Reduce the tax burden on America, and all of a sudden, there's more money circulating in the economy. Take your money back, and all of a sudden, our products and services are more competitively priced at home and abroad. Take your money back, and all of a sudden, it's profitable again to manufacture products in the United States. Take your money back, and all of a sudden, American companies are hiring highly skilled, highly paid workers to meet their manufacturing demand. Take your money back, and all of a sudden, America would be the stable economic leader of the free world again. Seem far-fetched? It's not. Could the government operate without federal income taxes? Yes. Prior to 1913, there was no federal income tax. Don't we need the federal agencies that federal taxes support? No. Agencies supported by federal taxes, such as the FDA, ATF, and the IRS, are regulatory agencies. Not only are these federal agencies unconstitutional, they are illegal. The free market would regulate itself better, with greater efficiency. Americans would be richer and freer. And the cost of these agencies have grown out of control. The Bureau of Economic Analysis Statistics for 2005 reported the average salary for the 1.8 million federal civilian workers is $106,579. The average salary in the U.S. private sector is $53,289, less than half. Wouldn't charitable organizations suffer? No. Currently, 75% of American families give to charity. With 
more money in their pockets, Americans would be even more generous with their donations. So, what would we give up? Nothing. Since federal income taxes support only 42% of the total federal budget, the government would still operate effectively with the remaining 58% of the budget. And federal workers would be absorbed into the burgeoning economy by the private sector. To put it in perspective, Reducing the $2.8 trillion 2007 federal budget by 42% would still leave $1.6 trillion, the same amount as the total federal budget for 1997. There would be no need for a national sales tax that only replaces one tax for another, and it will not reduce government spending. These numbers pale by comparison if you consider the national debt. As of January 2008, our country's public debt is over $9 trillion. The estimated population of the United States is 304 million. That means each citizen's share of the debt is $30,241, and that's over and beyond what you pay in taxes. Regardless of which political party is in control, there's no incentive for politicians to reduce spending. The only way to end this spending spree is to take away the government's checkbook and credit card and let them know the joyride is over.
about where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time, I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preservatives, or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com, N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll free 866 229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3w's.thepowerherbs.com. Phone uh, through uh, the Skype on my phone, 
And I don't, I don't know how I'm going to sound, but if I move too much, then it's going to mess up the sound as far as I can tell. And that's driving me even more batty that I cannot move. So I'm sitting here as rigid as I can to do this show that's dedicated to tackling controversy and conspiracy directly related to Christianity. And we do all this from a biblical perspective. And the Bible tells me that I am supposed to do all things without murmuring and disputings. And right now I am doing the best I can not to be upset while holding steady and trying to give the best sound that I can. But folks, we are a show that's dedicated to tackling all these things from the old King James Bible, because we believe the Bible is our final authority in all all matters of faith and practice. And on the other end, all the way out there in Indiana, maintaining his cool as usual, that main tower of brain power, the psychotherapist himself, the picture of calm, cool, and collectedness, Pastor Jason Burton. Does this even sound all right? Nope. <laughs> it sounds fine. I can understand what you're saying, but uh, hey, I posted a picture of you in the chat room there so that folks can oh, yeah. see what you really look like right now. And so I just figured out that in this chat room, you can actually post pictures in there. Uh, folks, speaking of the chat room, this is the best way to interact with the Contenders for the Faith radio broadcast and the other shows on the American Voice radio network is to go to theamericanvoice.com. Click on chat. It's down the page a little bit on the left-hand side. And uh, sign up for an account and jump in there. I tell you what, we're going to have some fun tonight. LT is in there, and boy, does he have a rolling commentary going. You have got to jump into that chat room to see what LT is talking about. He's got some strange goings-on up there in northern Indiana. And I will say, Pastor, just in time for uh, Hatefulness Hour, but we won't call for the theme yet. I just wanted to wait and see if I could actually hear you now. Oh, can you hear me now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what, did you mute it? Are you, are you eating a sandwich? What are you doing? Hey, I'm going to post a picture I, of you eating a sandwich in the chat room. I, I am literally sitting here like a statue, trying not to move anything, trying not to breathe, trying not to mess up. And then, then Frank just skypes me with these bold letters, Stop moving. And listen, guys, as an Italian, as an Italian, that is the hardest thing for me to do is to not move while I speak. If you want to get me to oh. tie my hands behind my back or put me in a straitjacket, and that will pretty much take up all my time because this is just – so for hatefulness hour, Jason, I will start off before we even play the theme – I hate Skype. I'm just saying it right now. I hate it. I hate it. And Frank, if you can play that theme, go ahead and do it. Are you tired of corruption in government? I hate police officers who will stand out there on the street and give First Amendment protection to a bunch of sodomites and at the same time jackboot Christians right in the face. Do little old ladies driving slow in the fast lane make you crazy? Do people just plain confuse you? I I don't know where to start. I hate people that hate others. The stuff that I 
I deal with on a regular basis. If you guys would pee your pants, I'd pee my pants. Are the little things of life getting you down? What I hate is when you got a cup of hot cocoa and you leave it sit for like 10 minutes and it forms a like skin over the top. Oh, and you can't man. quite drink it and you can't quite eat it. So you kind of like have to pick it up in your fingers and chuck it down the sink. Well, get used to it. I hate when you have a problem with something or someone and they tell you you just need to get over it. The Contenders for the Faith with the American Voice Radio is pleased to offer you the prescription to this world's lunacy. And now it's time for the Hate It's fun. I'm calling from Walmart, and... And I just called to say I hate people that call in from Walmart and don't tell everybody <laughs> what the specials are. It's revealing. What I realize is so much more to this than you've been told. So much more. So, yeah, so hey, explain the aliens to me that I've seen probably 30, 40 times. How do I know you weren't smoking something when you saw that? It's your opportunity to bet your spleen. I am sick to death of Challenge. Give us a call. Jump into that chat room. Tell us what you hate. I'll tell you what, my co-host hates a lot tonight, so this is going to be a great show. I have found some uh, wonderful, wonderful pictures on the Internet that uh, I am posting currently into the uh, chat room, so you want to jump in there. Go to theamericanvoice.com and uh, jump into that chat room. Hey, while you're there, by the way, uh, just empty out your bank accounts into, into the uh, donate button there as well. Let's keep this thing going. The only place on the planet, practically, that you can hear the truth taught and uh, and preached and uh, brought forth over the airwaves is here on the American Voice Radio Network. And so we're looking forward to you being in there. I've got a picture of you, Pastor, so far. Uh, before the show, I've got a picture of you uh, eating your sandwich, and I'm getting ready to post a picture of you just sitting at your desk as still as a statue with your headphones on. Uh, yeah, oh, that, I see that picture. That's that's nice. Yeah, that's how I feel right about this point. That's exactly <laughs> how I feel. Here's the number, 1-800-932-1980. 1-800-932-1980. And if you've got something you hate, uh, give us a call. Uh, you know, people can vent all day long on their computers and to their mothers and kick their dog, but now's your chance to get on the airwaves and let everybody know how hateful you really are. Now, don't, don't fight it. Do not fight it. Um, guys, the Bible says if you love the Lord, you've got to hate something. You hate evil. Ye that love the Lord hate evil. So you must hate something. And to pretend like uh, you don't or to keep it all in, all that's going to do is just give you indigestion, heartburn, and all that other stuff. So we encourage you to give us a call, 1-800-932-1980. And uh, before we get to it, um, Jason, I believe that the Stampers Creek Historic Baptist Church in Paoli, Indiana, has a meeting coming up. It is the uh, uh, Midwest uh, ELC Conference. And, um, Jason, what are the dates on that? 
That'll be December 4th through the 7th. You can either contact me at Pastor Jason Burton at gmail.com or you can contact Pastor Mike Hoover. He is the host of the Covenanters Call radio broadcast on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. And very often in the chat room, we're missing him tonight. But uh, looking forward to that coming up December 4th through the 7th. We're going to have uh, Kevin Marshall, Lord willing, to be there, as well as uh, Pastor Keith Hoover, my former pastor. He, he should be down there as well. It will, we're going to have a great time. And uh, there are going to be other, other pastors as well. This is turning into, year over year, quite the gathering there in Paoli, Indiana. And uh, that's at the old historic church at Stampers Creek, which is a historic Baptist congregation. And so uh, we look forward to seeing you down there. And are you coming out, Pastor? I am not coming out. Um, okay, well, be... i got to do my best uh, Donald Trump. Hey, it's hatefulness hour. i got to do my best Donald Trump impersonation. You're a loser. <laughs> well, I try. I try. Look, uh, I, I've got uh, – I'm actually going to be in – I've got two hunts going on. Uh, my bull hunt starts on Friday this week, and then Gideon's hunt starts – um, Friday, the 9th of December. And so we got two hunts back to back right now. And uh, we got people coming in. We've got the Keeflers coming up right now from Mexico. They're going to be with us for Thanksgiving. And he's going to be hunting as well. He's a good missionary, good brother in Christ. And uh, so we got a lot going on. Plus, we've got our February meetings as well. And uh, just a couple months Amen. away, which you're supposed to be at. Lord willing, hey, no, yes, we we absolutely. It'll, uh, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, and we have our plans to be out there. So don't forget about us. Yeah, well, no, we we aren't. We we just hope that you're you you know you don't forget about us and you actually come. But um, anyway, so yeah, uh, folks, for those of you who are out west and you can't make it to uh, the Midwest or those Eastern conferences. Uh, folks, we're, we've got our meetings February 26th through March 1st, and we've got four speakers. Um, and, and, Jason, I've still been fighting on just what we call our meetings, all right? Um, at this point, I'm just – we are the muggy own, unregistered, um, uncooperative, bad attitude – Baptist Fellowship meeting. <laughs> I like and, that. Um, you know, as a preacher yeah. coming into a place, if uncooperative and uh, can you add cranky in there? That absolutely sounds like meetings that uh, I, I like to be a part of. So praise the Lord for that. Uh, you're one of the speakers, and your whole family will be there, Lord willing, and evangelist Ted Alexander and his whole family, but the Scott Pullman, uh, part of the um, Bearing Precious Seed Ministries, his whole family, and Brother John Kiefler is going to be up here with his whole family. So we've got four speakers, and uh, you're really the main guy. So, you know, folks, if, if you don't want to hear any other guys, we will be hearing from Jason Burton, pastor, newly ordained pastor of the Cornerstone Historic Baptist Church in Union City, Indiana. Okay, i got to tell you a story. And this, this is going to go on my list of hates for Hatefulness Hour. Um, <clears throat> I, as, as everybody knows, we flew out to Oregon a few weeks ago and had a wonderful meeting up at the Old Paths Historic Baptist Church. And, um, you know, taking our whole family on an airplane can be a trick. We've got six children. Our youngest is two. Our oldest is 16. We're turning 16 in a couple weeks. And uh, so, yeah, and we're, we've got four boys, Jason. And you know how this goes. Um, they, you know, we got to get through the security. 
And our four boys are usually carrying knives and anything else that can be called a weapon. So we've got to be careful they don't actually slip it into their, you know, carry-on and stuff like that. And so flying out of Phoenix to Oregon, we literally had no problems at all. We actually got through TSA's um, communist checkpoint, and uh, we got to uh, Oregon, had a wonderful time. But it was coming back, on the other hand, that was rather interesting. I was telling Frank about this uh, last week. So on our way back, uh, we got to Portland, and, and of course, same thing, you know, being in a haven for knife manufacturers, all our boys got knives while we're out there, Leathermans. And oh, yeah. Stuff. And so, you know, uh, I told our boys, said, be careful now. I don't want guys, make sure that you got no knives in the carry-on, make sure they're in your luggage. And we, I mean, we were careful and went over and over and over again, no liquids, all that stuff. So we finally get to the line. We're at the conveyor belt. And those of you who fly, you know what I'm talking about. You got to take your shoes off, your belt, all the stupid stuff. And um, my oldest son looks over at me and says, Dad, I got my Leatherman on. We went, you did what? He's, I got my Leatherman on. Well, I mean, guys, we're going to TSA. They're probably going to kill us for all we know. I'm like, oh, man, I'm giving them an, an earful, Jason. And the TSA agent comes over, and he says, what's the problem? I said, my son's got his knife with him, and, you know, what do we got to do? And the guy says this. He says, he's real kind. He said, well, you, he said, put it on the conveyor belt. He said, and if we see it, he said, then you'll have to pay us 15 bucks, and we'll mail it back to your house. I went, really? He goes, yeah. So I put, he, put, he puts his Leatherman on the conveyor belt, and it goes through. So, you know, my other, the rest of my family's already gone through. So I get through the metal detector, do the, you know, get back scanner, all that stuff. Probably got another dose of radiation. And we get through, and I'm waiting for AJ's thing to set off the alarms. It gets through no problem. Meanwhile, I turn around and my my third son down, my ten year old, has been taken away because he has spray gel in his backpack, which uh. I don't know how he got there. So they've got him over by himself. They're going through everything, and he is just sobbing. I'm going, ah, oh, nuts. Meanwhile, my other son gets through with a knife, and my my youngest son, who's probably the most emotional, he's got a little thing of liquid, and you think they he brought a bomb. So I go over to my youngest son. He's sobbing. They won't let anyone near him. I just walked right up to him and gave him a hug. He said, it's okay. Oh, man, you thought I'd blown it. So they come up, sir, you're going to step aside. And I mean, here we go. I had to go through the whole groping thing. But I'm, I'm kind of glad because they let my youngest son go. But you think we had brought a bomb. And so I had to stand there. Now he's sobbing because they think they're taking me away. I'm like, no, son, they're not taking me away. They're just going to molest me for a little while. Better me than you, I suppose. Guy's like, look, I'm sorry, but you touched your son. He could have passed whatever it was to you. <laughs> and uh, so, Hey, Frank's hating you in the chat room. But uh, Frank's hating you in the chat room. But we do yeah. have a call, Pastor. And so this is Mike Adams has called the radio broadcast. Good to have you on the air tonight, Mike. Uh, you, I understand you have a hate. Yes, Pastor Jason. How you doing? Hey, doing well. Thanks for listening to the broadcast. Oh, you're welcome. We, my wife and I enjoy it every Monday night. 
And uh, you probably already know what my one of my hates is. I work at a certain place, uh, a retail store. Am I allowed to say the name of the store? No, sure. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I work at Tractor Supply Company. I'm not sure if it's a nationwide chain or not, if they have them out in Arizona. But anyway, I love the job, but I hate the vile and depressing music, the country music I have to listen to. Oh, it's it's also it's all so awful. Understand. And that's the part I hate. So I, I like my job, but I just hate the music I have to listen to. It's just that vile, depressing country music. Oh, man. I, I'm just, I not, I'm just not used to it, you know? Yep. I know. I feel sorry for you. I love the store. They just opened one up in our town. But it, okay. yeah, the country music goes with the store, I guess. And uh, I don't know how it anybody does. can listen to that without feeling a little bit down by the end of the day. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, that is the most depressing music that's out there. Not to say that I'm for any other secular music. I'm against it all. But country sure. music, a lot of Christians actually fall prey to that because it doesn't sound as rocky, which I disagree on that, too. But um, to right. me, it's so depressing. Look, man, we've been saved by by our wonderful Savior. And to sing about your dog dying, your truck breaking down, and getting groped in the TSA, that just bothers Yeah, that would make anybody down. <laughs> Is there a song right, about right. that? I, I don't know. I just thought they ought to make a country music song on being groped by the TSA. <laughs> well, thanks for taking my hate. I'll let you go so I can listen to the program. Uh, All right. Hey, thanks for calling, Mike, and uh, call back sometime again. That uh, that was Mike Adams calling about his hate, folks. That's how it's done right there. Either jump into that chat room or give us a call. Pastor, what's that call-in number for the radio broadcast? It is 1-800-932-1980. 1-800-932-1980. It's a free call, folks. Give, it a, give us a call and just tell us what you hate. It's the holiday season. People start getting a little upset. They're broke. They don't have enough yeah. food in the freezer. And look, this exactly. is our, it's our service to you. It's our service to you. Instead of kicking the dog, you know. Well, let me say this real quick. You know you know how much uh, psychiatrists are. You're talking about hundreds of dollars an hour. And our broadcast for a long time now has provided this service for absolutely nothing. You don't have to kick the dog, Pastor. You don't have to strangle your grandma with Christmas lights. You can just give our radio show a call and vent your spleen, just like Mike, one of uh, one of our regular listeners, did just a moment ago. Yeah, I touch. That's the, way, that's the way it's done. Okay, so and you folks can also get onto the chat room on the American Voice yes. uh, website. That's AmericanVoice.com. Go to the chat room, give yourself a name, or just use your own name and join in the conversation. And LT just realized that it's hatefulness hour. And he says that he has a serious hate tonight. He says he hates game poachers. He hates game poachers. And I have to say, LT, as hard as it is to get drawn for any animals in this state, I'm with you on that. Yeah, you know what? Poaching is not a good deal, and uh, he's really having to deal with it up there. If you folks jump into that chat room, you'll um, scroll up a little bit. You'll get quite a bit of a story of what's going on up there, but... uh, 
Just keep LT in your prayers. We we really enjoy having him as a listener of this broadcast. He's always participating in the chat room, and you can as well. You ready for some uh, country music song titles, Pastor? <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Do it. Uh, here's an actual country music song title. I don't know whether to kill myself or go bowling. <laughs> How about this one? Oh, Mama, man. get a hammer. There's a fly on Daddy's head. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. These are. And yeah, one more, one more, because you can go overboard with these. If the phone don't ring, you'll know it's me. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just plain funny right there. I can't, I can't. Oh, can I have one more? Go for it. One more. It's hatefulness hour, I know, but uh, we're hating on country music right now, just like Mike was. I liked you better before I knew you so well. (laughs) Actual Uh, country music song title. Uh, Anyway, maybe you got some of your own. Jump in there in the chat room and uh, inform us and teach us. No, I'm just kidding. All right, folks, this is Hatefulness Hour. That's how it is done right there. Now, Pastor, there's a lot going on right now. Hey, did you see today that Donald Trump bypassed the media and went directly to the American people through YouTube? He didn't even take it through the American media. I am so loving the fit that the left is pitching right now. They need Hatefulness Hour, by the way. Folks, if they, if they had Hatefulness Hour, if they knew Hatefulness Hour existed, they could vent their spleen against all everything that's righteous like they're doing, and they wouldn't even have to go out in the streets to do it. And then maybe they could go get a job and a haircut. Boy, I sound like yeah. an old cranky guy, don't I? <laughs> well, you are an old cranky guy. Hey, you know what it is, Jason? Um <clears throat> This is a this is the result of public education. This is the result of fifty years of public education. All right, and they've been taught for years and years no God. They've been taught that they deserve things for nothing, and this is what you get for it. You get this whining, arrogant. I'm the only thing that's right. Meanwhile, you know, uh, you can't ever be right because you're white and you're politically incorrect and you're against sodomites. So you are absolutely wrong. And the whole world is messed up because they voted for Donald Trump and uh, just such arrogance. But listen, this hatefulness hour is for you as well. You stinking liberals out there, we will give you an opportunity to hate even on this show, and we won't give you too much problems for it, or maybe we might. But, hey, you'll get your voice, and then Frank will cut you off, and then we'll try not to laugh too hard. No, we'll just let them talk. We've had some really cool calls in the past that, uh, yeah, just let them go. You know what? Give them enough rope to hang themselves, right, Pastor? <laughs> yep. Well, I've heard that plenty of times, yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I, I just, it tickles me. I, I know that I should not trust Donald Trump because he's, he's in politics. But it just tickles me that he is making the worst of our society so mad. When you're making the worst in our society, and the Democrats are just about there. They are the worst of our society. The, the, the homos, the, um, uh, the, the entitlement crowd, uh, Black Lives Matter, that whole crowd. They are the worst that this nation has ever had to confront. Not ISIS. ISIS is, is a clear enemy. It's, it's the liberals in our country that are, that are dangerous. And to see them so mad, frothing at the mouth, crying, 
that, it blesses my heart, and, and it, it makes me feel like better days are ahead, sort of. Hey, LT just posted a song title in the chat room. I'm doubting the veracity, but I've got. I'm asking him. <laughs> it, he put in there the song title. I met my baby in the Porta John line. <laughs> Can that be real? Uh, I don't know, a, folks. This is hatefulness hour. We just, we really, honestly, just have a good time. And if you've got a hate you need to get off your chest, why don't you contact us? Why don't you jump into that chat room and tell us uh, what's going on? And do just like our listener uh, Mike did a little bit earlier. Give us a call. Tell us what you hate, venture spleen, and all that kind of stuff. There's a song that was continually playing over and over again on job sites, Jason. It was called A Whiskey Lullaby. And I never listened to the words because I don't try to. I, I try oh, to block grief. the thing out. No but kidding. One day I'm working and I'm starting to hear what they're saying. I don't turn this stuff on, guys. It's just when you get on a job, it's the way it is. And yeah. I'm hearing it, and it's just about a couple that fell in love with each other and both killed each other. How in the world does that edify anybody? And yet Christians still listen to that kind of stuff. And it, guys, come on, think about it. If you're saved in Psalm chapter 40, he pulled you out of a horrible pit, he sets your feet on a rock, and the third thing he does for you as he puts a new song in your mouth, even praise to your God. Why go back to that joke? That's depressing. Amen? Why, why go back to that trash? Amen. That's right. It's uh, exactly what God saved you out of, that miry clay. And uh, just to add a note, that song is real. <laughs> well, that doesn't surprise me at all. LT just posted a link to it. All right, folks, you have stepped right into the middle of the Contenders for the Faith radio broadcast on Hatefulness Hour. All right, get your hates ready for the second half of the broadcast. Jump in that chat room, get your phones ready, get warmed up, get uh, stretched. That way you don't pull a muscle. We'll be back right after uh, this quick break. and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body function. 
functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices.
you know, and um, I don't have that anymore. So it's, I don't know. I guess it, it's a downgrade. I'm, I'm just getting too poor, man. I'm too poor. Folks, if you want me to have a squeaky chair, <laughs> so send poor money. you can't even. Have, <laughs> so poor you can't even have a squeaky chair, huh? All right, oh, hey folks, this man. is thankfulness hour that you have. As I said before, we went to the break. You have so uh, 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 carelessly stepped into our phone number is one eight hundred nine three two one nine eight zero. It is thankfulness hour. Give us a call or click on the button that says chat. That AmericanVoiceRadio.com on the main page of the AmericanVoice.com and uh, send Frank an email. He'll get you signed up for the for the uh, chat room. So anyway, Pastor, now here we are, the second half of the broadcast. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I I can't say enough about the the opportunity you listeners have uh, to alleviate all the stress in your life by calling on this show. Uh, hatefulness is it is a part of nature. It is a part of Christianity. And, uh, of course, we, we get dubbed as hateful just simply because we stand against some things. Um, standing against something is not necessarily hateful. Uh, hateful is uh, uh, it's, it's, it's opposing it, despising it, all right? Um, standing, uh, standing outright publicly against something. I believe that's that's. That's a little more down the lines, but I, I have to say the uh, the angry people of today's society is not us. It's it's that liberal crowd, man. That, they're they're the ones that are saying the nasty things. They're the ones that are they're you know uh, rioting and looting and all that stuff. So don't get on us just because we oppose your lifestyle. Seems to me you guys are the more dangerous. But speaking of dangerous, Jason. I was just reading this article on WND. Uh, it says state officials mistreat girl, five years old, raped by Muslim migrants. And this is a story that has continued to this day uh, about uh, three Muslim migrant boys in Twin Falls, Idaho. Uh, this was, this oh, article God. was just written a day ago, Jason. Now, we're not going to go into the details of what happened. All you have to do is just go to the article. But I think many of the hosts on this prestigious network has dealt with this on the just the vileness of the Muslim crowd. In our church, Jason, we have been doing a study on the Bible versus all others. And I wasn't talking about translations of the the, um, the, the Holy Bible, the Scriptures. I'm talking about the Bible versus the Koran, uh, the Book of Mormon, the Buddha Bible, and all that stuff. And we actually got into detail with the Book of Koran. The Book of Koran is an, a very interesting book in that it endorses jihad and murder. It endorses the killing of infidels, and it endorses um, sexual immorality. And it's evident, and what happened here in Idaho, uh, by the way, <clears throat> this, uh, these migrants are part of uh, Obama's um, infiltration of the nation, secret infiltration of the nation with these Syrian refugees. And these migrant boys uh, raped a five-year-old girl and... Um, there seems to be no willingness on the part of the state or the county to reimburse this long-suffering family for any of the other costs and uh, that they have incurred because of the crime. Uh, they've actually relocated, and they've been living in a succession of hotels. Uh, they've spent in excess of thousands of dollars, $2,000 in hotels alone. And here's the reason why they had to relocate, because Muslims were stopping in front of their home at night and shooting bottle rockets at it. 
and uh, got to be kidding. The local oh, authorities didn't do anything to stop any of that kind of stuff. Apparently not. And this family has Why? been trying to seek some sort of reparation for the grief, and the county's not giving them anything. Uh, of course, the five-year-old girl. Yeah, the, the five-year-old girl is ruined. Now, now listen, folks. I believe that the blood of Christ can break curses. I believe the blood of Christ can save a sinner and change a life. I do believe that. But when this kind of thing happens, it just doesn't leave you. All right? There's a reason why God wiped out Sodom and Gomorrah and included the women and the children in all of that, because when this kind of thing happens, it messes with you. It messes with you, and it messes with you in a bad way way and this young this young girl what an awful thing for her to go through there really is a proper response for it as far as these muslim boys are concerned and that'd be you're done all right you're either going to jail for a long time like the rest of your life or uh, dad gets out um at the 45 and just ends it because for these boys to do this kind of a thing at this age tells us that they're only going to get worse all right, for that at that young of age, I, I just it just uh, amazes me how far gone young people are. But these are migrants from the old country, which tells us that this sin that we thought was only in our country and that the Middle East being so pure because they're Muslims isn't true. They're just as vile over there as they are here, and even more so because they don't have any respect for the weaker vessels. And Jason. In this country, they still have laws that hold us in check, and that comes from a fear of God that was established years and years and years ago. And uh, we're losing that, but it's not totally gone. Um, not totally gone, but this is just outrageous. This is absolutely outrageous. Those laws, you know, we we saw all the sodomy laws stricken down over the years, and uh, we know what God says about uh, sodomy, that it was a capital offense in ancient Israel, and that it's an abomination to him. But uh, I believe that the the things that we have restricting us in this land right now from doing wickedness with regard to children, those are, I, well, we know for a fact that they are trying to get those restrictions taken away. But I believe that it very well could happen. But God gives his opinion, which is the only opinion that matters, by the way, as to what happens or what should happen to somebody who messes with little children. Mm-hmm. In Luke 17 and verse 1, the Bible says this, Then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come, but woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and he cast into the sea, than that he should offend one of these little ones. God will avenge what happens to these children. But I'll tell you, there is nothing more. Uh, uh, oh, the, uh, I, I can't. I can't even explain how awful and wicked and horrible this is. And yet there are, are certain contingents of society, such as those who are, uh, who, who are in the homosexual community that would, would glory in doing away with any restrictions we had against exactly. uh, pedophilia in this country. And it's well, just so a twist- fact. Yep. They're so twisted in their mind, Jason. That's how far gone they are. They, they think that this is, this is, Fine. This is, there's no problem. Now, this story is interesting because the attacker um, uh, wasn't even limited 
in his access to the community's children after he had done these things. Um, he must be supervised by someone 14 years old or older. Now, 14 years old or older. 14? Yes. Um, and, 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 of course, the court, they knew that there was a boy who was involved in this that was 14 years old. This is just unbelievable. Um, the, the person who actually saw it happen, uh, an older lady named Grandma Jo, she lives in constant terror since she first happened upon the grizzly scene, and she's been stalked by the Iraqi family of the seven-year-old attacker. Her apartment is back-to-back with theirs. They peer into her windows, pace back and forth in front of her apartment, and clearly in a menacing manner. And then here's, the, here's where it gets even worse. The Hamas-tied Council on American-Islamic Relations, instead of absolutely um, condemning this thing and calling out for the punishment of these boys that have done this, they're whining that the case has become a lightning rod for anti-Muslim and anti-refugee sentiments. And, and that's just it that boggles my mind that they would even suggest that. The first thing that should come out of their mouth is condemnation, and that should be the only thing. They shouldn't worry about the anti-Muslim rhetoric or anti-refugee sentiments. They should look at this and say, this is so horrible. These people need to be punished. These boys, they're done for. The Bible says a millstone, that's the best thing to do. Millstone, hung about their neck, you're done. You know, and, and, and this, is, this is where the common sense goes out, the window. People, it's not because they're bleeding heart sympathizers. It's just they, they've gotten so far away from God, they can't think clearly. All right? If, if you've got a guy that's mentally unstable, and this is how people think, well, he didn't know what he was doing. Yes, but if you did it, you must pay for it. It doesn't matter whether you knew what you were doing or not. But here's the yeah, question for you. If, if it's a religion that's started by somebody who would marry a six-year-old, yes, which is Muhammad, then what do you expect to come out of the adherence to that religion? If you've got, you know, you look, for instance, into the uh, fundamentalist Mormons, you've got uh, people that are willing to take children as wives. What do you expect the followers to do? Here's the deal. Uh, Islam is a death cult that was founded by a pedophile, and everybody that adheres to the Islamic religion will spend an eternity in hell because they have rejected God's Son, Jesus Christ. But these are not clear words that you will hear now, Pastor. The fact is, how do you expect the the followers of Muhammad to act except as Muhammad did? Exactly. That's a just sick society. It's a dangerous thing to follow a religion founded by a guy who basically um, focuses on intimacy. All right, the celestial intimacy. If you kill yourself, then you get these things. It, it tells you that there's an ulterior motive. When well, that was Joseph Smith's deal, too. Exactly. Very Bork. similar. Yeah. Very similar. Same mindset. They're the pleasures of heaven, their heaven, um, the benefits of being faithful, all swirl around the pleasures of the flesh in this life, which tells us that whoever set it up, was someone consumed with the flesh, not a holy God. A holy God is not up there. And they reduce our God to that kind of status. That's what the Mormons do. As God right. is, man will become. As man is, God or God was. And, God you know, was, was re- yes. Yeah. They try to reduce God to a, um, 
to, to, to just be, being like man. And the only thing that we have in common with our God is, the, our, is, is our, our, our visage. We are made in the image of God. So our form, our bodies, that's it. That's the only thing. We have the form of God in the fact that he, he would look like us, except for we don't know what he looks like facial. He's not some blob floating around in heaven, which is what people would like to reduce him to. He's not some invisible voice. He actually has a form, and we were made in his image. That's the only thing we have in common with him. And through the salvation that we have in Christ, now we become a son of God. We become a child of the king, but only by adoption. In fact, if you were to look at us, we have a similar form, but uh, no likeness at all. <laughs> kind of like an adopted child. You were adopted. You don't look anything like your parents. You're right. We don't act anything like our parents. We've just been brought into the family because of the blood of Christ. Praise God for that. Amen? But then we look at Amen. these... these we look at the Muslims. We look at this religion, and, and people say, well, they're, they're a religion of peace. They're a religion that's legitimate. No, they're not. Not even remotely. No, and they should, have never, they should have never been allowed to spread in Western society. And the reason for that, you can break this down very simply, Pastor. The reason for that is because they deny other people the right to worship God as they see fit. Yep. And so how can that possibly be uh, uh, compatible with our society? A society that was based on Baptist principles, that of freedom of religion. When they, when they cordon off entire areas of the Detroit area, and those are now Sharia zones, or they do it in, in London or in Europe, and they, uh, and they cause Islamic law to be the law of that particular land. That's not compatible with our society. And the fact is that it's, it's a wicked, false, demonic religion, and they need to be saved out of that, but take uh, but never forget that it is a spiritual battle against Islam that we're fighting. We're fighting for the hearts of those who have been enslaved by a death god uh, who had a prophet that was a pedophile. Yep, that's exactly you say, right. That's harsh. But you know what? It's true. That's the thing. It is. It is. Now, they said that the victim in Twin Falls, Idaho, was once as happy and social child, now frequently insists that she wants to be alone. She finds a small and safe space inside a closet and stays in it alone for hours. Once a very chatty and happy child, she's become very quiet. Um, and now she talks constantly about those naughty boys and asks her uh. mother repeatedly not to tell her father everything that happened because it will upset him. And, uh, folks, this, this, this is unbelievable. Now, the parents of these boys that did these things, if they have any decency in them, the dad especially, they should call for the punishment of those children. But you say, well, what if it was your children? Look, if you had any decency in you, you you'd recognize yeah. how heinous that is. You'd You're recognize right. how heinous. And you'd be asking yourself this question, how did my boys get to this place? Of course, from what I hear, the father actually endorsed it. So, you know, I uh, just awful, awful stuff. And, and here's the other thing. If they are refugees that came in here from this country, you just lost your right to stay. Get out. That's it. I, I just, I, I'm not, I, you said, well, sure. you're a Christian. Didn't, shouldn't you show them the love of Jesus? Yeah, we'll give them a gospel track as they leave. And a website address. How's that? Because I know they there can access go. the Internet over in the, in the Middle East countries. We'll do that exactly. much. 
Listen, folks, we can say this. True Christianity does not need a safe place because the Bible says we are promised a rest, and it's not here. Our rest is in heaven. We don't need a place of Sharia. We don't need a safe place. We don't need a cry room. Guys, we don't. We have an assembly that God has called us to, and that is a church, and we gather together, and we love Jesus Christ, and we worship Jesus Christ. And those of you who don't have one, I'm sorry for you. I do feel sorry for you because you're missing out. A true church is a place where you can gather together, but it's not necessarily a safe place because it's filled with people who are sinners. I wish I could convey that, Jason. Still sinners, yeah. you always have problems, even in that. Well, it's going to have a safe place. No, you don't. What you need to do is be saved. If you've been saved, then you've got a safe place to look forward to, and that's glory. So my home's a safe place. Well, yeah, your home should be a safe place, but wait till persecution happens. You might not even have that one day. But we do have a rest in glory, and it's coming one of these days. Do you know my Lord? Do you know my Savior? My Savior, when he changes your life through salvation in Christ, you don't want to go hide out in a closet it doesn't, it doesn't make you an introvert. It makes you an extrovert because now you have something that you've just got to share with the rest of the world. You can't help it. And you don't have to force it on them with a sword or gun. Truly saved people have never had to force religion on anyone. That's truly saved people. Yep. Are you saved? Do you know Jesus Christ? This is so vital, folks. This Amen. is so vital. We can worry about the Muslims all day long. They're still going to keep coming in. I don't know if Trump can stop them. We hope that he can vet them. But here's the thing. What do you know about my Lord? Have you been born again? Amen. He must be born again is what the scriptures teach, or you can't even see the kingdom of heaven. You don't even get to be a part of it if you've never been born again. So what is born again? Where I realize that I'm a part of the family of God? Hard fact. That's not scripture. Born again is believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. You must do something, and that's believe. That's call. That's it right there. That's it. Nothing else. Believe. Faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The Calvinists might not get it, but it's Scripture, and we can't get around that. It's Amen. Book. It's always been the book. And there's the music, which means we're done. But this... This network isn't done because Melissa Roxanne comes up next with New World Order Info. You don't want to miss it. Hopefully my computer will be working next week. God bless you.
farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called and you're potentially involved in a homicide, but it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have selfdefensefund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit selfdefensefund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time. about where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time? I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preservatives, or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com. N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. Good evening and welcome to the Covenanters Call. This is Pastor Mike Hoover, and we are broadcasting live this evening from 
A little bit cooler, southern Indiana. It's November the 29th, and we welcome you to the broadcast. Appreciate everybody listening in. Uh, got a handful of people there in the chat room, already been conversing with some of them, so we encourage you to come on into the chat room here at American Voice Radio. It is a free service, and you'll have opportunity to uh, commensurate with a number of people in there, so we encourage you to do so. Uh, our call-in number, if you have, want to give us a call this evening, is 1-800-932-1980. That's 1-800-932-1980. Or if you're local out there in the Oregon area and want to save a dime for the broadcasting network, that local number is 541-826-0953. 541-826-0953. Let me mention a couple of prayer requests. Now, we've been announcing it now for several months, but our meeting that we have every year about this time of the year uh, begins this coming Sunday. I believe it's our 11th annual uh, or 10th annual, right right around there, uh, Ecclesiastical Law Center meeting. And we've got Dr. Ben Townsend, the director of the Law Center, coming down. We've got our son, Pastor Keith Hoover, the assistant director of the Law Center, coming down. We've got uh, a young man that could be counted as one of our sons, uh, Pastor Jason Burton, that is the research director of the Law Center. And they will all be here for that meeting. Looking forward to a great time. we got uh, uh, Brother Hansen from up uh, in the northern part of the state of, of uh, Indiana coming down to speak for us. Lord willing, he'll be speaking for us on Sunday. And uh, we've got some other men coming from different parts of the, of the country and preachers from Tennessee and Kentucky and, and uh, hopefully some from uh, Pennsylvania as well as from Michigan and Indiana. But we're looking forward to a great time, and uh, we would love to have you come visit with us here, the people at Stampers Creek Historic Baptist Church. If you'd like more information, go to our website, www.historicbaptists.net. That's www.historicbaptists.net. And uh, there's a blurb on there telling you a little bit about it. You can contact me for more info. Um, services on Sunday at regular times. And then Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night, it will be at 6 and 7.30. We will have two speakers each night. We try to take advantage of uh, having the men there, have a few things going on during the day. And we're looking forward to a good time. The weather should be fairly balmy. Uh, we will see. We've been having some unusually balmy weather for this time of year. It was well up into the 60s here today, uh, but it is beginning to plunge. And in the next couple of days, I think we'll lose about 25 or 30 degrees during the day. But we would encourage you to come anyway. And uh, more information, contact me, Pastor Mike Hoover, uh, 2569. North State Highway 337 in Orleans, Indiana, 47452. You can give me a phone call. That number is 812-653-5578. Or drop me an email, themuggyone at cleanenter.net, T-H-E-M-O-G-O-L-L-O-N at C-L-E-A-N. I-N-T-E-R dot net. I am working on getting a little bit uh, easier email address to remember, but you can, can contact us uh, by those means. We would love to hear from you. You can come into the chat room while we're on the air, and uh, we would uh, love to hear from you there as well. And uh, we encourage you to be praying. Uh, continue to pray for little Helen Rose. Uh, she is progressing well with her treatments for leukemia. Uh, her mother, by the way, just this week had another uh, little baby boy. So Helen Rose has a new little baby brother. And we praise the Lord for that. We had another young lady, young man in our church, have a have a second child, another young man. So we have two young men added to our church family this past week. We praise the Lord for that. Uh, continue to pray for Shelby, dear friend of ours. And then uh, continue to pray for the young lady 
uh, the grandchild of a, of a listener uh, to our broadcast up there in the Idaho area. If he could uh, come in the chat room sometime or drop me an email, let me know how she's doing. I would appreciate that. But you continue to pray for her. Uh, she was kicked by a horse a number of weeks ago. As far as I know, she is progressing well and doing quite a bit better. And uh, we praise the Lord for that. Well, we've been talking about America's descent into tyranny. And you know, it's amazing to me just how close we're getting uh, to these things that we're talking about taking place. A number of them already are. Uh, just this week, I was speaking to somebody about uh, the medical establishment. It's amazing to me that when you have a strong lobby that you can uh, force uh, yourself on an entire country of people because you get the backup that you need from those that supposedly are elected officials that are supposed to represent all the people. There's going to come a day when you won't be able to get your child in anywhere if they don't have all their inoculations. There's going to come a day, it's already here, it's already starting, where you're not going to be able, uh, if you desire, to uh, go to the hospital or go to the clinic unless you're signed up for some kind of special medical program, and, and uh, you have to do that. And we've been talking about that mark of the beast as far as the economic system is concerned. Uh, is concerned. Now, friends, today we're being prepared to accept, to buy into, to believe in one of the strongholds of the God of forces that we've been talking about over the next last several months. That stronghold, by the way, a stronghold remembers a defensible position or a fortress. That stronghold is the mindset among humans that the idea of we are one is our ultimate destiny. Now, we've spoken about this early on. It is an affliction worked by the God of forces, that's Lucifer, Satan, the devil, that's worked into the minds of men across the face of the earth. Indeed, friends, it's Babel revisited. How about Walmart stores? You know, the world's largest retailer. Walmart stores has a goal to identify every piece of merchandise they sell with a computer-readable mark. So, for instance, if you walk out of the Walmart store with an item not paid for or not scanned by the computer and removed from the store inventory, an alarm will sound because the identification device in that item has stripped the alarm. The identification device on that item has, was not scanned at the checkout and removed from the store inventory. The mark is on or in the item. It is a number. Now, one day, friends, a similar mark will also be in the right hand or the forehead of the purchaser, the shopper, the consumer. Instead of scanning the item only, it will be the mark in the hand or the forehead that's also scanned. The bearer of that mark will be tied directly to the item purchased through its own unique mark, which in part will be a number. Now, in the future global economy, when one purchases an item at Walmart or anywhere else for that matter, the worldwide inventory will instantly be diminished by the loss of that one item, but that same computer system will keep track of the one that purchased that item. The owners of all things, the global merchants, the kings, the rulers, will be able to instantly query their worldwide computer and discover who 
that is, whatever human who has been assigned a specific number, bought what, where, when, and how. Now, friend, that's control. And we've already spoken of taxes. People pay personal property taxes each year in America. You and I are required by law to pay a tax on specific property, which we're supposedly owning. In coming times, those who think it is their right to own everything on the planet will want to collect taxes on all those things, possessions, that are owned by every person. The tax collectors will know every piece of property, the things, that people own because each item a person possesses will be logged in a giant computer according to the file which bears that one's number. Remember the mark. No one may buy or sell without it. When people buy a thing, it will be added to the computer file of all things which they own. When they sell a thing, that thing will be removed from their computer file and inserted into the computer file of whoever bought it. A thing bought or sold sold or bought over and over from one hand to another will be traced and tracked forever. The ownership of that thing will be followed via computer. So when it comes time to pay personal property taxes, the computer that those who own the computer, excuse me, I should say, and those who own the computer will know who owns what and therefore who owes what. Now, think of all the revenue that will be generated through this system of global tax on every possible thing that a person may own. There will be no escaping the taxation. Friends, this is just one facet of the systematic control that will be forced upon the human population of the world in time to come. And the mark will facilitate this. A few years ago, the government of the United States called for a national ID card to be issued to every person living in the USA. A great hue and cry arose pointing to the national ID card as the mark of the beast. Friends, it is not the mark of the beast, but it is a precursor of the mark of the beast. It is a thing designed to prepare us, you and me, for the time in the future when the mark of the beast will be required and global. The national ID card is a sign. Heed it. The push for the national ID card is not dead by any means. It only has been temporarily suspended. Those who want to count you, to number you, to control you and order you so that you may be allowed to operate in their global economy, by the way, which includes a segment of the global inventory referred to as human resources, will come back again and again and again, if need be, for another try at implementing the national ID card system. As of 2016, this ID card system has been postponed until 2018 when it's intended to take force across the land. Now, friends, this proposed national ID card is an example of the prepping of the American public for the life situations that they will face during the tribulation. It's part of the ramping up, 
which will take place before the arrival of the tribulation and during the time of the American tyranny that we've been talking about. It's one of those signs that we've already spoken of. Are you listening to me? Are you paying attention? The national ID card will come to pass. It will be implemented. Now, among the arguments for justification for the ID card will be the influx of illegal, those are the unidentifiable, unmarked aliens from south of the border and now from across the face of the earth. As our government seems intent upon taking in every refugee from every war-torn place on the planet. Is this scouring of the earth for refugees a coincidence? Uh, Friends, I doubt it. No. It is a subterfuge intended to gain support for the national ID card, the forerunner of the mark of the beast. Now, today in most states, you cannot license your automobile unless you show proof that you paid last year's personal property tax. Now, soon, that practice of control will be grossly expanded to include almost every activity you pursue within greater society. Oh, yes, long before the Antichrist beast is revealed to the world, the people of the earth will be required by law to show proof of this or proof of that before they're permitted or allowed or licensed to do another, a different this or that. It will become a giant computer-controlled matrix of interlocking, interdependent activities or allowances, checks and balances, which will serve to bring a great degree of control over you and I. Now, the approaching time of the American tyranny will make a great use of this practice of requiring satisfaction of legal or political or social requirements in one area in order that you may be allowed to do an activity in another area. This system is comparable to a rat maze in which the rats required to perform certain actions in order to be able or allowed to do other actions, you know, like eating. In this coming system, friends, we will be the rats. A significant segment of this American system of inventory control, as it relates to the human resources in the land, is the obscene, and yes, I said obscene, welfare system. Contrary to decades of propaganda, the U.S. system of welfare was not instituted to help the poor or to save the family farm or to aid mothers without husbands, or to move us into Lyndon B. Johnson's heralded great society. No, dear listener, the goal of the American welfare system from its infancy under FDR, to its youth under LBJ, to its present-day nearly fully mature, multi-tentacled matrix sown throughout every institution of society was and is, and will be, to enslave the American people to their master. The fascist, socialist, corporatocracy, if you please, which now runs our society and our government. God, in Proverbs 22 and verse 7, declares that the borrower is servant to the lender. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe God 
welfare as practiced by the state only and always will end as the Bible declares in Proverbs 22, verse 7. Now, most likely, long before the Antichrist beast is revealed and put into his position worldwide power, the people of the good old USA, with all, with the exception of the elite, will all be under the bondage and bearing the yoke of the welfare state in some form or another. Today, in 2016, over 40% of the 300-some-odd million Americans, not counting all the illegals, are beholding to the government being rewarded with some form of welfare, including Medicare and Social Security. Now, friend, that's about 120 million people. That figure, however, does not include, as I said a moment ago, the unknown millions of illegal aliens and the growing number of refugees who now live here depending upon and gobbling up the welfare goodies. The ultimate goal of the welfare octopus is to gain welfare bondage control over all Americans. If one were to examine the principle of socialism, taking it to its final iteration, its logical, political, and social end, it would be the total government control of all things and all people. The underlying foundation for socialism is that very thing, total control by the government. Control over every aspect of the physical lives of its adherents, its subjects, or should we say its slaves. Total socialism will be the political and economic operating structure of the global society run by the Antichrist beast and his bosses. It will come to America in time before the rise of the Antichrist. Such socio-political conditions exist today in various countries and in various degrees of completeness. That state of being in America will be what we call tyranny. Its erection its existence, will be supported by almost all people because of a stronghold of the God of forces sown into their hearts and minds. That stronghold is the concept that the group is supreme, which is tangent to the idea that we are one. The group, the safety of the group, the continuance of the group, the mind of the group, the authority, the goals, the purpose, and total subservience to the group is the affliction which has been sown into the hearts of Americans. Now, how does this concept comport with the idea of endemic welfare? Well, friend, it meshes nicely because in time, all Americans will be welfare Americans. Now, stay with me. The borrower is servant to the lender. And God knows what he's talking about when he reveals that truth. That state of being is and always has been the unstated but very real goal of the welfare system in our dear land. The goal to get us all on the welfare wagon, to move us all to be dependent upon the government or the state, thereby making us all one, we shall be one, the group in our mutual poverty, our mutual dependency, our mutual submission, 
our mutual subjection, our mutual exploitation, our mutual government-controlled husbandry, our mutual pragmatic utilization, our mutual resource pool, our mutual slavery to the American tyranny. That abysmal human condition is the only logical outcome of the welfare state. It was designed that way by its nefarious, if you'll allow me to say so, inventors. Truly, Lyndon Johnson's great society was merely a deceptive euphemism for a slave state. Yes, that state of being in America is the future group to which we all are destined to belong. And the welfare system is a primary mechanism designed, built, and used to bring us to that state. This we're going to call tyranny. It will be an American version of the global system ruled over by the Antichrist beast and those to whom he is responsible. Under the total American welfare state, absolute control will be required. Therefore, all Americans will need to be numbered. To number, as Walmart knows, is to control. We call it inventory control. You and I will become inventory years before the rise of the Antichrist and the Tribulation. You achieve inventory control through numbering. That's why the Nazis numbered all their inventory inside the hundreds of concentration camps they erected across Europe. America, being one giant welfare state concentration camp, will require numbering. Now, does the idea of a national ID card now begin to reveal its full evil self? In order to receive the, quote, benefits, end of quote, of the American welfare system, we will all need to be numbered. Ever hear of a Social Security number? Our number will entitle us to our entitlements. Boy, such a sick euphemism indeed. With no number, we won't receive any entitlements. It will be merely a grand extrapolation of the Social Security number concept. Will the Social Security number, a forerunner of the mark of the beast, be implanted into our hands and heads? Well, who knows? Now, today, we in America are moving away from the use of cash. We have credit cards, debit cards, instant checking debits, welfare cards, food stamp cards, EBT cards, uh, computerized bill paying, instant computer deposits of electronic money. All these things operate with a number or numbers. Cash and the use of it is on the way out. When cash is no longer used, then there will be need to have a system of numbering to control the inventory, be it human or non-human inventory. Without the use of cash, what we call money in a physical form, the economy will be totally computer-controlled, monitored, modified, updated, accounted for, assessed, and operated. It will be totally electronic. There will be no visible cash, no visible form or unit of currency, all buying and selling will be via the computerized economy. Now, friends, we're about to go to break here. You stay with me this evening on the Covenanters 
call because I've got more things I want to share with you. We're giving this to you from a biblical basis, hoping that you will understand how close we are to this coming mark of the beast and how already America's been duped into thinking that the way things are done is okay. Friend, if you've got cash, you've got liberty. You stay tuned for the second half of the Covenantress Call. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and 
natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Welcome back to the Covenanters Call. Once again, Pastor Mike Hoover broadcasting from southern Indiana. It's amazing to me that uh, I speak into this microphone, goes through this little wire into my computer, goes out a wire in the back, goes up the antenna on the back of the house, goes through the airwaves, hooks up with another antenna, all four or five miles as a crow flies from me. And then, however, from there, it gets sent all the way out there to Eagle Point, Oregon. And uh, it avoids hitting all the cats and it avoids uh, all the obstacles in the way there and comes right on down into that processing board there at Frank Steffen's uh, Broadcasting Network and then right back out to you. Amazing to me what can be done. But that's where we are. That's where he is. That's where we're doing what we're doing this evening. Our number, once again, one 800 Nine three two one nine eight zero. Let me encourage you, especially this time of year, because everybody feels like doing good, right? You know, the Bible says we should always be uh, esteem other better than ourselves, and and Jesus told his disciples there in the New Testament that the greatest commandment: love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and all your strength, and and then love your neighbor as yourself. So uh, we should always be concerned about our neighbors, and you should always be concerned about needs that are out there, as I should as well. But let me encourage you to support American Voice Radio. And uh, I want you to know that Frank Stefan likes jalapeno-flavored potato chips. And you might have a bag of them sitting around somewhere, you know, half-eaten or whatever the case may be. I encourage you this evening to drop them in a, in a manila envelope, squash it down nice and flat so it goes through all the processing machines, and, and send it out there to Frank. I know that would be a blessing to him. He can get himself a, a big drink of iced tea and have some of those crumbs that arrive. But uh, don't, don't forget about American Voice Radio. Uh, tongue-in-cheek there a little bit, but uh, I do encourage you uh, to be a supporter. Again, let me remind you of our meeting. We would love to have you come. I'd love to meet you. And uh, Lord willing, uh, the second Sunday, I think it's the 11th of December, um, my wife and I will be traveling out to uh, the Rock Lake Hollow Baptist Church, where Brother Kevin Marshall is the pastor, right outside of Bedford, PA. And we'll be preaching uh, uh, in a family conference with my brother-in-law, Pastor Nick Costella. And uh, it's going to be a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday meeting there at the church. If if you're out in that direction and uh, nearby, I want to come here. So I'd love, love for you to come meet you. That'd be a great time. Lord willing, I'm going to go down and spend some time with my mother and then head back uh, before it gets too cold and the weather's, and the roads get too icy. But uh, appreciate your prayers. Appreciate if you'd be praying for us while we preach. You know, um, contrary to what some people may think, uh, Preaching is a great responsibility, and, uh, you know, I want to be able to preach what God would have me preach. So that's plans in our life, and uh, if we're out there and get a chance to meet you, then that would be an even greater thing. All right, let's talk about this 
this human inventory. Let, let's talk about it. Uh, uh, we were talking about buying and selling and what's going to take place. Uh, I want you to know that when these times come, friend, it's going to be illegal. It'll be a crime to use cash or real money, such as silver or gold. You know, silver and gold's real currency. It is real money. It's a it's a it's a a means of currency that uh, the Bible supports, not this false uh, Federal Reserve note uh, bills of debt that are used today. But I want you to know that when this stuff starts hitting the fan, when this stuff starts to take place, uh, silver and gold are going to be considered contraband. And to own it or to use it one day, friend, will be a crime. All cash one day will be collected and destroyed. All silver and gold will be collected and given, by the way, to the megabanks owned by the globalist conspirators for safekeeping. You see, when people have cash in hand and when they purchase things with that cash, no one but they and the seller are aware of the transaction. That transaction is unaccounted for. When money becomes electronic, well, then all transactions will be accounted for. What is it that creates the foundation of any computer program? Well, friend, to put it simply, it is the number one and the digit zero. It is all numbers. Everything a computer understands, does, relates to, and operates is one and zero. Therefore, the future American economy under the American tyranny, absent physical money, will be numbers one and zero and whatever number you are assigned. Do you begin to understand God's hatred of numbering people? Why did King David get into big trouble with God when he numbered the people of Israel back there in 1 Chronicles 21? It was because when the government, as in King David, begins numbering the people, it also begins to think that it might become the God or the guiding force over the people. To be only a number accountable to the government erases one's personhood. It'll erase your humanity, your individualness, if you please. It moves a person from the category of autonomy to the category of economy. Hey, you're just a number. You ever hear anybody say that? Americans will be well into the numbering of themselves for the purpose of inventory control, in the days before the ascension of the Antichrist beast to global power. That we call tyranny. In recent years in America, especially since 9-11, September 11, 2001, another of the strongholds of the God of Forces has emerged and insinuated its way into the minds of the American people. That stronghold has to do with the concept of Patriotism. It equates patriotism with loyalty to the government and agreement with and defense of the policies of the government. Further, this idea facilitates the concept of placing evil for good, dark for light, bitter for sweet, 
Now follow along with me and see if you can pick this out. The 9-11 debacle was used by the government, which is controlled by the globalist elite conspiracy, to develop and expand this false concept of patriotism among Americans. Now, this is not necessarily a new idea. It first showed itself in America after the so-called Civil War, when Americans living within the states which had been part of or were sympathetic to the Confederacy were required to take loyalty oaths in order to work at certain jobs and professions and trades and in order to carry on a normal life in the post-war society. This is the way they proved their patriotism. The American tyranny will require a similar mindset among Americans. It's going to require a formal kind of process for one to follow or obey in order to ensure and assure that your patriotism or your willingness to honor, uphold, and support the government policies is known. The true foundation of patriotism, righteousness, will be discounted. By the way, it has been for many years already. It'll be replaced with the false foundation of patriotism for the greater good or the welfare and security of the group, the nation, that supersedes the welfare and security of the individual. This is an aspect of the stronghold regarding the group which lives and thrives in the hearts of most Americans today. The American public is at the point today to honor and uphold and support and accept this false foundation of patriotism, having been prepared propagandized, and positioned to do so for decades. You see, most Christian Americans abide in this erroneous mindset regarding the concept of patriotism. If you are a Christian who believes in obedience to God and His Word, then you should concern yourself with this stronghold of the God of forces. All Americans will be required to attest to affirm and demonstrate this false kind of patriotism before their government. Being a Christian under the American tyranny will place a person in a very dangerous position regarding patriotism and how it's defined. Now, the majority of American Christians would today have little problem with this perverted concept, but there are some that would. The rub will come for that majority of compliant, patriotic Christians, when they become aware that those Christians who would rather obey God than man, by the way, speaking of tyrannical government there, are made to suffer for their stand for Christ and their true patriotic principles. What will the deceived Christians do at this point? Well, most will comply with the politically correct ideas of patriotism. They will obey the government without question. In fact, they will go beyond mere obedience in an effort to demonstrate their patriotism. They will be among those of whom Jesus warned in Matthew 24:10, And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. Also in Luke 21, verses 16 and 17. 
And ye shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinsfolk and friends, and some of you shall they cause to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Let me ask you a question, friend. How might this betraying manifest itself in the American tyranny? Well, let's try speculating, shall we? A Christian who wishes to be seen as patriotic in the eyes of the government and his fellow Americans may be led to denounce his fellow Christian who uses and owns a King James Bible. Since that Bible will soon be considered as contraband, it's a hate book, they say, then to own or use one may become a federal crime. We could guess that the American tyranny might name such a crime religious terror or possession of religious terror contraband. Crimes like this might be punishable with a prison term of five or ten years for the first offense. We're speculating, remember. Subsequent offenses might lead to execution. A Christian might turn his fellow Christian into the government because he secretly homeschools his children after having deceived the local public school into believing that he has no children at home. A crime in that category might be called teaching hate or subversion of a child, punishable with a prison term and loss of the child to the government. A Christian might snitch on his Christian next-door neighbor for having secret Bible studies in his basement and witnessing the gospel of Jesus Christ to those lost Muslims he's invited to attend those studies. Such an instance might well result in the execution of the criminal for the crime of unlawful proselyting or religious discrimination. As the American tyranny becomes more pronounced and ubiquitous, Christian day schools will be outlawed. Many churches that formerly had day schools will close them down anyway because those particular churches will lose attendance drastically due to government pressure on churches who may have tried to remain somewhat faithful to the Bible. Liberal churches, most not having day schools, will have no problem from the government in that regard. However, because of fear or a desire to appear patriotic, the pastors of churches who formerly sponsored day schools will probably encourage their people to send their children to the public schools and to avoid homeschooling, which will also be against the law. Such actions will be illustrative of the coercive power of the group over the individual. The spirit of fear and not the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind, 2 Timothy 1.7, is going to reign within most Christian churches. This particular offense is made more terrible and seems appropriate for the Christians to endure because of their refusal, listen to me, in decades past to rightly divide the word of truth regarding the education and teaching of their children. You see, friends, the great majority of Christians today already immerse their children in the wicked cauldron of Satan's teaching known as public schools. Furthermore, the concept of Christian schools is anti-biblical, 
although it has been justified, rectified, and sanctified by lying and deceiving Christian leaders and pastors and laymen who claim blessings by God on such a thing. Friends, Christian school is unbiblical. However, God has always sought to have separated followers. When we read 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 to 17, and see that Christians are commanded by God to not yoke up with unbelievers, to be separate from unbelievers, to come out from among the unbelievers, and yet not apply this precept to the education and training of our children, we're guilty of sin. When we read Malachi 1, verses 11 and 12, where God's people are commanded to offer a pure offering to God, and Malachi 2.15, where God makes it clear that he seeks a godly seed from the children of a family, and yet not apply these truths to the education and training of our children. And friends, we're guilty of sin. For an uncounted number of years, Christians have chosen to send their children to the humanist, ungodly public school systems in America, denying God's call to not yoke up with unbelievers, and to come out from among them. For decades, a few Christians have chosen to place their children in so-called Christian schools, denying their own clear responsibility before God to educate and train up their own children in their home. So, when the American tyranny requires compulsory universal attendance of school children in the God-hating public school system, the vast majority of Christians will have no scriptural standing to do otherwise because they've disobeyed God in the matter for so long. Hypocrites they are, and they and their children will suffer the consequences of that hypocrisy. Friends, there's no truer example of Hosea 4, verse 6, that can be found. By the time the American tyranny comes in full force, there's going to be small need for the people as a whole to demonstrate their patriotism. In other words, whereas the government before may have required and desired the public support called patriotism to engage in some immoral or unlawful or godless enterprise like the invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan or promoting national acceptance of sodomy or abandoning the Constitution in favor of international agreements like Agenda 21, under its new tyranny, the government won't concern itself with such things. The establishment of the tyranny will have superseded the need for public support for most things. The government will merely step off into its desired adventures knowing that the cowed and submissive and fearful public will go along with any government godlessness. Joe Stalin's Soviet Socialist Republic is a good example to hearken to as an illustration of this aspect of tyranny. Yes, patriotism in the American tyranny will be defined as unquestioned support for any government program. The lack of patriotism will be defined as failure to wholeheartedly support the government in its programs, endeavors, and adventures. 
just as George Bush Jr. declared regarding the U.S. government's pending invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan after 9-11, I quote, if you're not for us, then you're against us. To Bush, patriotism was tacit support of the government in whatever endeavor it deemed appropriate. Christians living under the American tyranny are going to be hard-pressed to avoid, to deny, or to disobey this, if you'll allow me, Bushian definition of patriotism. However, many, many Christians, even today in 2016, believe in and support the Bush idea of what constitutes patriotism anyway. They're deceived by the devil, having been taken taken captive by his affliction and believing the lie of one of his strongholds. It's in their hearts and minds and souls. You see, friends, in Stalin's USSR, people who refused to demonstrate their patriotic fervor by unquestioned support of the government found that they were quickly shipped off to the gulags. This operating principle will be present in the American tyranny. The federal government for several, excuse me, several years, and after 9-11 especially, has developed a vast and far-reaching intelligence-gathering network which does not stop or concern itself with only aliens or terrorists who may pose a threat to America. Oh, no. This intelligence-gathering network is internal. It's domestic. It concerns itself with gathering intelligence information on each and every American citizen. Evidence of this fact is easy to produce. One such piece of evidence is the fact that the federal government today and for years has developed a list of American citizens whom it titles persons of interest. Who exactly is a person of interest? Well, I don't know for sure. The category is elusively vague, isn't it? But I do not, I do know, excuse me, that to get on this list, all you have to do is demonstrate politics different than those politics considered acceptable to the federal government. That term, person of interest, implies that the government's law enforcement and or intelligence gathering agencies, very often they're one and the same, take an interest in the person, his activities, his ideas, his beliefs, his politics, his associations, his actions, and his life. This further implies that those same government entities would be willing or desiring to commit time, money, effort, and resources at some time in the future to observe and watch and follow and investigate and gather information on and document and maybe eventually arrest that particular person of interest. Another list of Americans which is held by the federal government and which grows daily is called the no-fly list. This list of American citizens, among others, is a list of people who may not be allowed to fly the friendly skies of United or any other airline in America. For whatever reason, be they suspected terrorists, potential airplane hijackers, or merely persons of interest. When one of these people tries to purchase an airline ticket to fly from Oshkosh to Peoria, He's advised by the ticket agent 
that since he's on the no-fly list, the agent's not permitted to sell him a ticket. Now, how is it that the lowly ticket agent in Oshkosh knows that Mr. X is on the no-fly list? Friend, it's because there exists a vast computer file maintained by some federal agency, FBI, TSA, NSA, DHS, whatever, which lists all people on the no-fly list, and as a matter of protocol, each person wishing to purchase an airline ticket anywhere in the USA has his name checked against this government computer file of non-flyers to make sure his name is not there before tickets issued. Is it lawful? Well, friends, it's a violation of the Constitution. And Lord willing, next week, if you'll come back to the Covenanter's call, we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we continue our discussion of America's descent into tyranny. I'm trying to warn you folks, based upon what the Bible has to say about the God of forces, warn you about the strongholds that have been built into the minds of people where they will be gullible enough to yield and give up things you never thought they would. Friends, this is the Covenanters Call. I'd love to hear from you this week. You can write to me, Pastor Mike Hoover, 2569, North State Highway 337, in Orleans, Indiana, 47452. You can call me at 812-653-5578 or drop me an email, the monkey on at clean internet, T-H-E-M-O-G-O-L-L-O-N at C-L-E-A-N-I-N-T-E-R dot net. Remember our meeting coming up this Sunday through the following Wednesday, the 10th or 11th, I can't remember which one, I think it's the 11th, annual Ecclesiastical Law Center meeting. Dr. Ben Townsend, Director of the Law Center, Pastor Keith Hoover, Assistant Director, Pastor Jason Burton, uh, Research Director, uh, Brother Jeff Hansen, Pastor from up in the northern part of the state will be here, along with a number of other folk. We're going to have a great time in the Lord. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, 6 and 7.30, uh, regular service times on Sunday. Now, listen, you stay tuned. There's more great programming coming up here on American Voice Radio this evening. Let me encourage you once again to be a supporter of uh, this broadcasting network. I appreciate you listening to the broadcast. Special hello to our dear friends out there across the country. Let me know you're out there. Let me know you're still alive. Good to see you there in the chat room, Watchman. Special hello to everybody that's in there. Thank you for tuning in. I believe I hear the music. So until we meet you again on the airwaves, may God bless you as our prayer. Have a great evening.
everybody needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. We're broadcasting live from the Flint Hills of Kansas, and we're on the American Voice Radio Network. Today's date is December 1st, 2016. 
saints, the world is in turmoil. Most just don't realize it, but we are in that time of the end. And that's the time before Messiah's glorious return. So it's time to get out of sin the world and look to the holy city. Look to the one who suffered and died for you. Hear the sound of the shofar. Heed the warning. Get right now before it's too late. Please make this choice tonight. If you need help after this program, call me. I'll pray for you or with you. If you get the machine, please leave your name, your number, your prayer request, and or message. The phone number, of course, is 620-878-4682. 620-878-4682. And an emergency. My cell phone number is 316-619-4886. You can always find the updates with the breaking news, our ministry, radio program archives, and our email address as well as our mailing address at our blog, which is simply prophecyhour.com. Remember, those are that's a smartphone-friendly blog, just like all of our blogs are. It blogs are tongue-tied, which in prophecyhour.com is our main ministry hub. But if you just wish audio archives, try out messiahsbranch.com and branch.podomatic.com, which is where our archives are played from and downloaded from. No matter what link you you get, you're going to be hearing from branch.podomatic.com, and it even has apps. Anyway, remember, prayer requests can be sent by United States Postal Service and email with your return address and, and your phone number to call you back if you want a prayer over the phone. If not, these requests will be taken to Wichita Mission Church, anointed with oil, prayed over, and sent back to you at your request with no solicitations for donations. And I feel I've got to answer one phone call on here. I was just informed by my wife that I had a phone call, and because of the holiday and all that, it just did not get. But this person listens to me. He asked about the camera. Yes, we received a camera in the mail, and it does work. Call me back on my cell phone, brother, and we'll talk. Uh... Anyway, you're the fellow that sent the camera. Anyway, we also have a prayer request form on the right-hand side of our Prophecy Hour and MessiahBranch.com pages. Prophecy Hour and MessiahBranch.com pages have a prayer request form right on the right-hand side of the page. Remember, we are a national satellite radio program, which is simulcast live on the net internationally, and it is even picked up on some FM stations. So pray about supporting airtime. Airtime is not cheap, and airtime is due right now, so pray about a donation for radio airtime. On another note, let's thank our listener base, and where we're going to find them at today. Well, they're in places like Beijing, China, New Delhi, Indian, India, Auckland, New Zealand, Liverpool, England. Hey, Liverpool, didn't some Beatles come from there or something? United Kingdom, Sydney, Australia, Moscow, Russia, and of course, cities in the good old United States such as Aurora, Illinois, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Fresno, California, Anaheim, California, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Anchorage, Northport, Alaska, all over Texas, as well as Wichita, Kansas, which remains the largest group of listeners to our radio programs, at least when they podcast later tonight. Now a prayer, and I'll bring on tonight's guest, but before the prayer, I'm going to take a little sip of water. Dear Heavenly Father, in Yeshua HaMashiach's name I pray, Father, I pray that radio tonight goes according to your will and not ours, and please give everyone out their ears and wish to hear the truth. So please, Father, lead our guest tonight, in Yeshua HaMashiach's name, bless this program tonight. Amen and amen. Well, the presidential election has came through with a Trump win. It seems so many are smiling as the stock market has a great rally, and Trump 
is not even sworn in and has already started keeping promises he made, like Carrier today, keeping jobs in the United States. A lot of people think it's just roses. Anyway, still, folks, we are in that time of the end. Let's not bank on anything until we can clearly see, because the whole world is really in turmoil. There's a lot more to this story. Anyway, such as what about Obama? You know, will he just fade into the darkness? Um, I know he's passing regulations like mad, and will he do anything about Israel? Israel doesn't seem to think so, but that's not necessarily what I think and some other people think. My whole personal thoughts are on this, and I need to get them out, is really this. Um, with the election, America was given a chance to repent. You folks know that. I've told you that. We were given a chance to repent and turn away from our wicked ways. After all, Sodom and Gomorrah would have been saved if only ten righteous were to be found. But alas, there was not found. Trump won, so it's, but it's up to us to keep praying. I mean, right after 9-11 was a warning to us, that, but, and we first started praying, and what did we do? We went back to the same old thing after a few weeks. And you know what? And it may not even be about us in America, you know, this Trump win, but what he needs to do with Israel. If we use his time right and do his work, then we do not have to worry because we'll be covered by him. We'll be in him. But if we do not, there is really so much judgment that is due, or some people say past due. If America is indeed Mystery Babylon, from all my Bible studies, in fact, I believe uh, that the ones that I am in, especially the Bible study I'm in right now, show that Mystery Babylon is not destroyed until right at or right before Yeshua's coming. So. If we're America, if America is mystery Babylon, we've got a little time. What kind of time is another thing. And yes, I am, folks, a Trump supporter, as I have been all along. Until I truly seem do something evil, I do think that he is being used. But we must be careful and not be false accusers. There are so many so-called prophets out there that are just really, really mad. Have you seen them, folks? That Obama seems like he's indeed leaving office, you know, in less than 50 days, and their prophecies have failed. So you have to be careful from what you hear from these people. Not saying that I'm not calling anybody a false prophet, but there are some out there. But tonight, though, for all this, and I don't think he really even thinks uh, that I'm going to be talking about this or whatever, um, but the guest tonight is really a special guest because he's an honest person, and he'll give it to you from the heart. Anyway, tonight we have author, bloggist, and talk program host, Michael Snyder, to come on with us and try and shed some light on these things and go wherever the Spirit leads us. He's been on with us, as you folks know, many times and talking about different things like Places of Refuge and his book, The Rapture Verdict, and so many different things. Back, go back and over to the archives and listen to all of his programs because he does give warnings that are indeed good warnings and you need to listen to him. He also does a blog called The Most Important Thing News as also the Economic Collapse blog. So let's get him on here right now. Let's welcome Michael Snyder. Are you there with me, Michael? I'm here, Pastor Dan. It's great to great to be with you today. Yeah, Amen. I'm really glad to, to have you on, and uh, I'd like to, to to talk. I know we were going to talk about Israel, and I do want to talk about Israel because I believe it's very important what could possibly happen before he leaves office. But first, let me open it with this and see if I can get you to talk a little bit on this because I know you have some good opinions on it. 
Um, you know, you listen to it like this. You have a, a post that you just put out, and it says, God is waking people up with urgency in the middle of the night to warn them about what is coming. Take it from there. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people, a lot of Christians, a lot of conservatives, a lot of patriots, they seem to think that, you know, Election Day came and Donald Trump won. And it was a surprise to many people, and people were excited, and I voted for Donald Trump. And every, and, and people seem to think, okay, now that we there's been this great victory, that now they can let down their guard, they can quit preparing, they can relax, that, you know, now everything's going to be wonderful. But the, the truth is that the enemy has not stopped, and the enemy has has got a lot of plans. In fact, you know, Donald Trump is not even president yet, and he's not even actually been elected president yet. Technically, he's not elected president until December 19th, uh, right. Pastor Dan. So, so people need to realize that. In fact, there was just a, a report that just came out today on Infowars.com that said 15 electors will refuse to vote for Trump. So that's 15 electors from Republican states, states that Trump won, that are supposed to vote for him, that reportedly are not vote for him. And so if Trump loses 37 electoral votes, that would put him under 270 and, and would put us into a constitutional crisis because he would not have enough electoral votes. So people need to realize, oh, first we've got to get to December 19th. Trump has to be officially elected president of the United States by the Electoral College. So we've not achieved that yet. And we've got to get to January 20th, which is Inauguration Day, and see him safely and peacefully inaugurated as president of the United States before he even becomes president. Right. And then, yeah. of course, see, once he becomes president, we well, so many of us are hoping I know that I certainly am. I voted for Trump. I supported Trump. I heard people vote for Trump. But now, you know, and Trump could have never possibly been elected without the support of evangelical Christian voters. But well, now that he's in, he has a choice. Just because he's in, he's automatically going to do the right things. So he's got to choose whether he's going to be a righteous president or whether he's going to choose an evil president. And, uh, you know, and we're hoping for the best, but ultimately it's going to be up to the decisions that he makes regarding things like gay marriage, abortion, Israel, things of that nature. Right, absolutely. Um, but let's go with this. Uh, uh, you know, while we're seeing, you know, yeah, okay, here's one thing. We could see great economic growth, even though I still believe that the darkness is holding over our land about a crash. I, I, I still don't feel we're away from that. Maybe it's been put off for a season, so to speak. Um, having said that, going from that also, I believe just merely by him becoming president and some of the things that he may enact, while we may think it good, it could quite cause quite a fight between good and evil in this country, in fact, turning the whole country into turmoil, even if he is doing right because of the other side. So there's so many different things that could happen, and I don't want to see the people go back to sleep like they did after 9-11 and you know quit praying and just go back to everyday life we still need to get prepared for just like we were prepared but we should consider that maybe now maybe we just have a little bit of a a, a grace period maybe if we're lucky back to you 
Yeah, we can certainly hope for a reprieve, a grace period. But let me share this with Pastor Dan, and I shared this with another prominent minister just the other day. But, you know, my wife and I, for uh, many, many years, we've been collecting and studying prophecies from men and women of God with proven track records all over the world who have been shown by God what's coming in our future. And now in terms of all of those prophecies, there's only one that we of one major prophecy that is not likely to happen when while Trump is in office, and that's the division of the land of Israel, which we can talk about, which may end very quickly here under Barack Obama, which I think is the main topic of the show tonight. Mm-hmm. But um, but if that happens, Pastor Dan, every other major prophecy that men and women of God all over the world, the things that are coming, talking civil unrest in our major the places where it's prophesied to happen, like cities like Chicago, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Los Angeles, and the list goes on and on, all those are Democratic areas, areas that heavily supported Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. So it would make more sense for those prophecies to be fulfilled in public and like Donald Trump in the White House than with the Democrat in the White House. Or we know Dmitry Dudeman has prophesied that before the Russian attack in the future, that there will be an internal revolution started by the communists. Now, why would the communists, the far left, the radical left, why would they yeah. start a revolution if Barack or Hillary Clinton was president, but if Trump was president, that makes perfect sense. So, like you said, you know, uh, let's hope for the best, but the prophecies about the future of our country said chaos, civil unrest, martial law, complete, uh, you know, chaos throughout the nation, and all of that could very easily come to fruition under Donald Trump. In fact, Every single prophecy my wife and studied all these years about what God has shown people is coming to the future of this country, every single one could be fulfilled under Trump, except maybe the division of the land of Israel, which potentially we could be seeing within these next few weeks. Right, and we'll get into that in a second. But, yeah, that's that's basically what I was saying uh, a minute ago, is that because of Trump being in office, you know, um, it could cause the left to rise up and to really completely riot because the people that are funding these things, like George Soros and that are pushing, they have not quit at all. The evil forces, it's just like you kind of stomped on the devil's tail, you know what I mean? And it's just made it matter. They're not going to just quietly go to sleep um, to see this man come in and change all these things they work for. So, you know, while in some instances we're better off, we'll just have to wait and see and keep prayed up. But you're right. Um, tonight we were going to talk about Israel, and I still want to talk about Israel, because that's the other part of this. The whole reason Trump may have been brought in is maybe because of the dealings that the father so has to do with Israel. But we still have Obama. Take us into that. Yeah, people understand Barack Obama is still president. He's still going to be president until January 20th. And Barack Obama could, most people don't understand, he could do an extraordinary amount of damage between now and January 20th. In fact, over in Israel, the Netanyahu government is is really alarmed about what Barack Obama could do, because they asked him point blank, they said, hey, could you please promise to veto an anti-Israel uh, resolution at the U.N. Security Council while you're still president? And the Obama administration flatly denied, denied them that request. 
And then Obama met with the Palestinians, and he told the Palestinians, hey, don't do anything at the United Nations until after the election, because then, you know, you want to mess things up for Hillary, it would give them more flexibility. So that's kind of the, the, the setting the stage. Um, for a long well, if you go back to September 2015, that was the time when we had the blood moon, the end of the Shemitah year, the coming to this country, and everyone was talking, well, this is it, that everything's going to break loose. But also at that time, France had a UN Security Council resolution all ready to go, which would have permanently divided the land of Israel into two states, would have given the, the new Palestinian state, East Jerusalem, the capital. Um, uh, you know, and 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 um, um, and the, this right. resolution would have been legally binding both the Israelis and the Palestinians. It would be something that a future president would not be able to undo. That was all ready to go in September 2015. But at that time, you know, the Obama administration was going back and forth. But at that time, the, the Obama administration said, "No, we want to give negotiation another chance. We're not going to do it right now." So at that moment, I believe God put a pause button on the judgments that were going to come, because those, you know, all the way from the book of Genesis, the Bible tells us those that bless us will be blessed, those that curse Israel will be cursed. And we've seen oh, throughout the decades, whenever we've made a move to divide the land of Israel, there's been an almost immediate judgment upon us, and, and there's been dozens of those instances. But in that case, September 2015, Barack Obama... You know, he's done so many horrible things, right. but in that instance, he blessed Israel by the, his veto power. The Security Council kept the land of Israel from being divided, and at that point, we blessed Israel and kept the land of Israel from being divided. And so we've had this pause now up to the present time. However, now, late in the term, there's all kinds of rumblings that Barack Obama, in fact, the Wall Street Journal's reported on this, the New York Times has reported on this, the Obama administration is considering their options at the U.N. Security Council for what they can do to try to leave a legacy in the Middle East regarding the uh, Israeli-Palestinian right. conflict. And, and so they were, uh, there's a variety of options, including a U.N. Security Council resolution the divide the land of Israel, set the parameters for two states. And see, once the U.N. Security Council goes ahead and votes, Donald Trump couldn't cut and undo it. It would take another vote at the U.N. Security Council to undo that vote. And, and like, like I said earlier, such a vote would be legally binding on Israel and on the Palestinians. And, and so, you know, it would be it would basically, you know, recognize the Palestinian state for the very first time uh, at the UN Security Council, dividing the land of Israel and dividing the city of Jerusalem. And so uh, all kinds of people are very, very alarmed about this. And, and just recently I wrote that John Bolton, former UN Ambassador Bolton, he's very familiar with the United Nations because he worked there for years under, under Bush, and he was being considered Donald Trump for Secretary of State. And he went on a radio show and said, hey, and actually let me give you a quote, Pastor Dan. Um, he said, he said, quote, that there is, quote, a lot of speculation over in Turtle Bay at U.N. headquarters, which is the Turtle Bay is the neighborhood in New York City where U.N. headquarters is, quote, a lot of speculation over in Turtle Bay at U.N. headquarters about resolutions that recognize a Palestinian state or that try to set a boundary for Israel based on the 1967 cease 
fire fire lines. So this was John Bolton saying, "Hey, this is uh, this is going. There's a lot of talk over UN headquarters that this might happen right now." And the Obama administration's been asked about this. They say, don't know what we're going to do. We we're still president, and Obama's made that very clear to Trump. He said, "We're still president. We get to decide this." And so right now. The division of the land of Israel is in the hands of Barack Obama, whether he's going to decide one way or the the rest of the Security Council yesterday and is all ready to go along with this. The only thing that would stand in the way is the U.S. veto power, and if Barack Obama decides not to use that veto power, the land of Israel will be divided before January 20th. Very, very good. Um, Dura. Uh, we're going to go to break here in a little bit, a couple, in about a minute and a half. But um, there's also to point out with that is that uh, uh, ex-President Carter uh, has been encouraging Barack Obama. He's in fact sent notes to him saying that he wanted him to do it because he thought he'd see the land uh, well divided in his lifetime, and he doesn't believe that had happened under Trump. And so he's asking. Uh, you know, uh, for that indeed to happen. And we also see uh, Turkey coming out now and also, you know, basically saying the same things and speaking out against Israel at a very critical time. And so you have two other, you know, uh, huge things, you know, a lot of things weighing on Obama to do it. Tell us where your blog's at, and uh, uh, we will go to break and come back and talk some more about it. Sure. My primary website is theeconomiccollapseblog.com, or if you just Google and type in The Economic Collapse, it's the first result that comes up, and that website's mostly about economics. Uh, and then I write other articles as well. If you want to find everything gathered in a single place, you can go to themostimportantnews.com, where you'll find my articles along with other key articles from all around the world. And then uh, if people want to check out my latest book, The Rapture Verdict, all about the times and how there's not going to be a, a, a rapture before the tribulation, uh, it's called The Rapture Verdict. You can find it on Amazon.com. All right. Well, that's a lot said in just a minute or so, or not even a minute. Okay. We'll be back in three minutes, folks.
about where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time, I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preservatives, or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com, N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. Thanksgiving dinner because it was like 
poise, like two days before Thanksgiving, you know, we're waiting to see, okay, who's going to pop up with the rest of the money needed for Thanksgiving? Father, you've never let us down, but who's going to be the one to give the extra 500 or 600 or $700 that's needed? Or is it going to come from a bunch of people? What's going to happen? Well, so anyway, the supporter contacted us, asked how, asked how much my wife needed to complete the dinner. I told him, emailed it to him, and the next morning, he uh, wired it over to our bank account. We've not had that done before, but we wired it directly to our bank account. And then we had a few other donations come in for Thanksgiving. So needless to say, my wife didn't have to worry when she went to the store to buy things. Did I have enough for this or that? And so we really had a very blessed Thanksgiving um, two days because, you know, we feed on Thanksgiving. And then we also, the next day, my wife also feeds a second Thanksgiving meal because, you know, we cook so much. We, have, uh, we try to have more than enough because we never know how many is going to show up. And so we just serve it out the next day. And, uh, you know, then we really pick it out. Man, there's just tons of desserts and everything, you know. So the Father really blessed the people. And he really blessed us, too, because you know what? That's what we like to do. We just love to serve the Father by serving others. We was also able to give out winter hats and gloves and socks that were donated like the week before. And, you know, it really wasn't quite cold enough. Uh, for a lot of that stuff, but now this uh, week, this Sabbath, it's going to be really freezing cold in Wichita and possibly the first snow. So that means other parts of the country around, you're probably going to get your first snow too anyway. So uh, Thanksgiving was good, and I want to thank everybody that contributed, and also you folks that, uh, you know, like I said a while ago with the guy with the camera, call me. Um, we can talk, but call me on my cell phone for some reason. Anyway, just call me on my cell phone. Anyway, we do need your help, folks, though, because now we're into December. And in December, um, you know what, soon come December 25th is, is, is Christmas. Most of the Christian church celebrates Christmas, and most of our listeners are Christians, and so they celebrate Christmas. They're out there buying presents. Well, a lot of our, our, uh, our listening audience is Messianic, so they're celebrating Hanukkah. Guess what? Hanukkah falls on uh, well, rather, anyway, they're both on the same day. And so, you know, a lot of people buy Hanukkah presents. And so I understand that the donations that we get are like, you know, second or third donations, meaning that I believe that the, the, the folks that are believers on this radio program, I pray that you're donating to whatever ministry or church that you're into, that you're giving your first fruits to them. And then, you know, we're secondary, you know. And so um, the, I understand that you, all the times you don't have the money for that secondary gift, especially with the economy and the way that it's been. So pray about it. But if you do have some extra money and you want to send it to us, December is about our slowest month of the year along with about, uh, and we really don't pull out of it until about February, you know, when income tax time comes. So um Pray about supporting Wichita Mission Church. We do need your help. And if you don't want to support the Mission Church, are you blessed by this radio program? Well, then we need your help for radio because airtime is not free. In fact, it's December 1st. Radio airtime is due, and we have not paid it yet. So pray about that. Remember, though, folks, we are the last hope for so many, and we're all responsible to care one for another as we are our brother's keepers. All donation, no matter what size, helps. And the Father notices all donations that come from where? Your heart. 
You can donate online or mail a check or money order, and you can find all that information at prophecyhour.com. That's at prophecyhour.com. And now we're back with Michael Snyder. Are you still with me, Michael? I'm still here, Pastor Dan. Well, it's really glad to have you on. Um, <clears throat> so we were talking about people, <clears throat> excuse me, people going to sleep and just thinking everything's fine, but there's sure a lot out there. Back to you. Oh, yeah, Pastor Dan. And as you mentioned before the break, just on Monday, on Monday, while, you know, people are, are still, you know, they were still thinking about Thanksgiving, about the election, about whatever. But this is so important. Pastor Dan, I've been preaching about this for six months. I've gone on national Christian television preaching about that this might be coming. This is so prophetically important. And on Monday, uh, our oldest living president, Jimmy Carter, who negotiated peace between Israel and Egypt back in the 1970s. Well, on Monday, he published an editorial in the New York Times, the most important newspaper in the United States, and he called for Barack Obama to divide the land of Israel before his term is over on January 20th. And, and uh, you know, and, and because, you know, of course, Jimmy Carter is not thrilled that Donald Trump's coming in, and he knows, knows that once Donald Trump comes in, Donald Trump has already said he would not support a U.N. Security Council resolution that divides the land of Israel. And Jimmy Carter is getting quite old. So his dream, you know, Jimmy Carter has devoted, you know, much of his life to trying to bring uh, peace to Israel, to trying to get the Palestinians a state, which, you know, a Palestinian state wouldn't actually, actually bring peace to Israel, but actually make war far more likely. But but this is this is Jimmy Carter's dream to see a Palestinian state, and it's his dream to see it during his lifetime. And he's getting really old now. He knows if Donald Trump gets in, that dream may be slipping away. So he wrote this uh, extraordinary editorial in the in the uh, New York Times. And uh, and it quote and it called for a resolution laying out the parameters for resolving the conflict, and it called for uh, you know uh, the UN Security Council to to uh, acknowledge the 1967 borders, uh, formally recognize give a diplomatic resolution to a, uh, recognition to a Palestinian state. All the things we talked about earlier in the program, um, uh, but uh, basically dividing the land of Israel. This was a former president of the United States. And now what's suspicious about this is if, say, if you were Barack Obama, you were the Obama administration, and you're thinking of going ahead and doing this, one thing that you might do to drum up support is go ask a former president who was heavily involved in, in trying to bring peace to the Middle East to write an editorial and publish it in a major newspaper in America where lots of people would see it to try to drum up support for this move that you're about to do. So could it be possible that the Obama administration actually, actually asked Jimmy Carter to write this for the New York Times and to try to lay the, uh, the groundwork for, for people to support this, you know, to, to, you know, get people excited about this idea. Well, you know, it's extremely alarming to me, Pastor Dan. So, you know, most Christians in America don't know that any of this is going on. They're not paying attention. But like I said, Jimmy Carter is talking about this. John Bolton is talking about this. The Obama administration is talking about this. The Wall Street Journal just published an article a couple weeks ago called uh, Obama's Israel Surprise. 
guys talking about what he might do before the end of his term. The New York Times ran uh, Jimmy Carter's editorial, but also the New York Times before that, they actually posted an article. It was not just by one of their regular reporters, but it was by the New York Times editorial board. So the newspaper itself, uh, you know, uh, published an article which publicly endorsed the idea of a parameters resolution that would divide the land of Israel permanently into a two-state solution, and calling on Barack Obama to do that before the end of his term. So all the people in the know, they're talking about this, Pastor Dan, and if this happens, people don't understand, Christians don't understand, this will be the most important prophetic thing to happen in a very, very long time, far more important than the election. If this happens, this is going to be vastly more important than the election, Pastor Dan, because what, you know, earlier I talked about how my wife and I, we've been studying for years and years and years what men and women of God have been shown with with very long track records, because there's true prophets out there, there's false prophets out there, but true men and women of God, there are truly prophets that have long track records of accuracy. So many of them have been shown that once we divide the land of Israel, and we will divide the land of Israel at some point, whether it's now or in the future, that when that happens, our land will be divided. Specifically, our land will be divided by a great earthquake along the New Madrid Fault, down the center part of the country. Uh, Shane Warren has been shown this, who I believe has been on your show uh, at one point, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, John Kilpatrick has been shown it, Bob Jones, and the list goes on and on and on of, of people who have been shown the, the New Madrid earthquake coming to the center of our part, uh, country, and, would, and, and that kind of matters is the pattern, because every time we've tried to divide the land of Israel in the past, we've had major disasters immediately thereafter, whether it was the perfect storm under the first George Bush, whether it was Hurricane Katrina under the second George Bush, the list goes on, and we could, you know, do a whole program just about that, but... You know, so when we see the land of Israel divided, we should. This would be the biggest betrayal of Israel ever, and this would be dividing the land of Israel and dividing the city of Jerusalem, which would really make God upset. But we should expect the biggest judgment of all. And what so many men and women of God have been shown is that there will be a great earthquake along in the center of our country, which out there in in your area, Kansas, you all would feel very much. Uh, hopefully you'd be far far enough away where it wouldn't absolutely devastate you, but you would greatly feel it. But it would be a disaster uh, greater than anything we've ever seen before in U.S. history by far. But also not only that, Pastor Dan, not only the great New Madrid earthquake that's coming, which comes after the division of the land of Israel, we, men and women of God have also been shown that other major judgments coming to this country come after the division of the land of Israel. For example, the, 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 the great tsunami that's coming to the East Coast that my wife has, uh, has collected more than 100 people who have been shown by God that that's coming. The great tsunami, which is going to slam into the East Coast and kill incredible numbers of people, far, far worse than the tsunami that hit Japan after that earthquake back in 2011. I mean, we're talking about something, you know, we're talking about a wall of water hundreds of feet high slamming into the East Coast. Well, that doesn't come until after the division of the land of Israel. So this prophecy, Pastor Dan, is kind
kind of the gateway which opens up all the other judgments. So that's why this is so alarming, so key, so important to watch on, but the church is asleep, the church is not watching, the church doesn't care, the church doesn't even understand the importance of this. But Pastor Dan, this is absolutely critical. That's why we're in the danger zone till January 20th, 2017. If this happens under Barack Obama, it's not going to matter if Donald Trump or anyone else is in the White House, but when our, we divide the land of Israel, our land is going to get divided, and it's going to open up the gateway for every single major judgment that's coming to this country up to the fall of America. It, the, the doors will be wide open, and judgments will come one after another, no matter who's in the White House. Are you there, Pastor Dan? Hmm, I, I can't hear Pastor Dan. Well, uh, I don't know if I'm still on the air, so I guess I'll... Okay, well, Pastor Dan has dropped off uh, for just a moment. Hopefully he'll be back with us in a second. But, uh, yeah, I, I just hope that believers out there understand how important this is, how important the because we read, you know, if you go to Scripture even, if you go to Joel chapter 3, it talks about, God talks about how in the last days he's going to be very upset with the nations. And what does he say there that he'll be upset about the nations about? He says that he'll be upset at the nations because they divided my land. So the Bible even prophesied, prophesied the day when the land of Israel will be divided. And, uh, and, 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 uh, and this well, I'm here. The, the, oh, okay, Pastor Dan's back now. So, Pastor Dan, I was just telling people about the division of the land of Israel, how it's even prophesied in Joel chapter 3 that, that the Lord God Almighty he says that he's going to be upset with the nations in the last days. And the reason it says in Joel chapter 3 is because they divided my land. And because ultimately the land, it, it ultimately, yeah, it belongs to the people of Israel, but ultimately the ownership goes back to God because it's his land. Yeah, and by dividing his land, that's a big, big no-no. And that is something that we must not do. So if Barack Obama does it before the end of his term, it'll be the worst thing that Barack Obama has done in his entire presidency, far worse than Obamacare or anything else. So people need to understand this is such a dangerous time. Okay. Um, two things. Number one, brother, I was here all the time listening to you, but you know, I did, there were, my train was coming and I turned the volume down and I forgot to turn it back up. So uh, that's what that was. But let me say this, um, Erdogan, you know, uh, from uh, uh, Turkey, did you see the letter that he just put out that he's pushing for the borders for this uh, back to the six day war also right now and, and demanding Tuesday that a two state solution is required with Israel and Palestine going back again to the pre-1967 borders. So we also have a really big person in the area that's pushing for the very same thing that you were just talking about. And what, what else was is I was saying yes. We ran the people out of the Gaza Strip, you know, and what was the aftermath of that? Katrina, back yeah. to you. Yeah, immediately after that, this was back in 2006 under the, the George W. Bush, and we, we, you know, we we convinced Israel's a good idea to pull all the settlers out of the Gaza Strip, turn it completely over to the Palestinians, and the, the day 
that the last settler was forced out, a little storm called Katrina formed, which ultimately became a hurricane and at that time was the worst um, and most costliest natural disaster in U.S. history, happened immediately following the time when we forced uh, the, the, the settlers out of Gaza. But, yeah, and, there's, and that's just one example. You know, you go back to the original George Bush Sr. with the um, Madrid Peace Conference, which was the first time the Israelis and Palestinians were gotten together with the, with the goal of dividing the land. And uh, that, I, have you know, a, I have a question that I'm sure is on a lot of people's minds. And I haven't ever seen anybody really going to detail and address this part of it. If, let's say that Obama does go and, and the resolution is made to divide the land and it's supposed to be legally binding, but would Israel just say okay and go along with that, or would there be a war over it? Yeah, probably not. Now, on an international perspective, it would be considered legally binding on Israel and the Palestinians. But Israel would probably say, you know what, we never agreed to this. We're not giving up the half of Jerusalem. We're not doing this. And so what that would say to the Palestinians, the Palestinians would at that point feel like, well, they, we have a legal right to all of this. And the U.N. Security Council has voted on this, and so they gave it to us. But Israel's not handing it over. And so at that point, the Palestinians... And and their surrounding Arab neighbors, who are their allies, would say, hey, you know, we have legal justification to go to war with Israel because the U.N. Security Council gave us all this, but Israel's not handing it over, so that would give us justification for war. And this is some, another thing that the division of the land of Israel is going to set the stage for, Pastor Dan. Instead of bringing peace, it's just going to set the stage for war, and we're going to see the biggest war in the history of the Middle East. But after the land of Israel is divided, because the Palestinians are going to get their state, and, but it's only going to be temporary, then we're going to see the biggest war in the history of the Middle East, against, uh, Israel against her neighbors. And the good news is Israel is going to win and get back much more of her land, but the bad news is it's going to be brutal, it's going to be violent, there's going to be massive death and destruction, and it'll be horrible. Um, but ultimately, Israel will emerge victorious, and in the aftermath of that war, I believe a window will be open at that point for uh, Jewish people, for Christians uh, to go back to the land of Israel from all over the world, and it will be at that time that we will see the regathering of the ten lost tribes of Israel, the the northern kingdom, which we talked about on a previous program, which I've I talked about in my book, The Rapture Verdict, which I talked about on the DVD that, that I did that we talked about on a previous program, but that will be the window of the great regathering, the great exodus to the land of Israel following that war which is coming. So there's a progression to all these prophecies, and so a lot of people already, they've wanted to rush back to the land of Israel, but, you know, they, they, they're, they could potentially be there in, in the middle of a giant war that's coming up. Right. But uh, my wife and I believe that, th that there will be a Palestinian state, there will be this giant war, and in the aftermath of that, there will be an opportunity for people from all over the world to gather back to the land. It will be the, uh, essentially kind of a second exodus. And, and the Bible has a tremendous amount of, to say about, one, uh, about what will happen regarding that regathering, but it will be a time of incredible blessing for Israel. And uh, and uh, a lot of other things, uh, you know, regarding what's coming in the last days as well. All right. Um, let's take a couple minutes on something else. Um, or basically on it. Here's the thing. You know, 
Folks out there right now, a lot of them are, are, are completely confused. A lot of them have been madly um, storing up, not knowing what to do. And then they, we have Trump. And, and, you know, really on TV and around where you go, really, other than uh, some people, most people are all smiling, even commentators that I thought were totally anti-Trump smiling. People are generally, the air is happy, the stock market's up and everything. Okay. But for those of us that are awake, what best advice can we give to the people of God? Don't they need to get that special relationship going? And then if they're in that relationship, isn't it that will tell them what to do? Back to you. Yeah, we all need to be in our prayer clause. And the most important thing in any of our lives is our relationship with uh, the Lord God Almighty, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one true God who created all things. And so every day we need to be in the Word. We need to be in prayer. We need to be cultivating that relationship because it's the things that we do consistently that define who we are. So if you're in the Word of God every day, if you're in prayer every day, if you're praying in tongues and fasting and uh, you know and, and doing the things God has called us to do and, and supporting ministry like Pastor Dan and all the, the good works, that those are going to be the things that define who we are. And so that's what we need to be. And if we're walking with God, well, and the Bible says perfect love cast out fear. We're not going to be fearful. We're not going to be worried. We're not going to be anxious no matter what comes because we're going to be in the will of God. And that's the most important preparation and the most important thing. Um, and, and, you know, and, and it is a time of preparation. A lot of people have let, let back and they've quit preparing, whether it's spiritual mentally, emotionally, physically, they've relaxed because Donald Trump has been elected. But let me tell you that let me tell your audience this, Pastor Dan. If the land of Israel if the land of Israel is not divided and we get to January twentieth and Donald Trump is inaugurated, uh, maybe and and Barack Obama goes his merry way, maybe we will have a little bit of a reprieve, a little bit of breathing space. But let me tell you tell your audience this. If between right now and January 20th, if the Obama administration decides that they're going to go ahead, support this U.N. Security Council resolution, and the land of Israel is divided into two nations at the U.N. Security Council, the Palestinians are given their state and given East Jerusalem. If that happens, if we see this U.N. Security Council resolution dividing the land of Israel, judgment is here. There is no more time to prepare. There will never be any more time to prepare. There will never be any more good times until the, uh, leading up to the fall of America, judgment is here if the land of Israel is divided. So that's the most important sign for people to watch for between now and January 20th. If this is going to happen, it's going to happen quickly. And if it happens, all, all hell is going to break loose in America. But if it does not happen, maybe we have a little bit of breathing space. So watch Israel, watch the United Nations, watch what Barack Obama does, because that's going to tell us a lot about what is coming or what's not coming. Right. And it, it would be a not a good time, but so to speak, but a time that it could very well come because so many people aren't 
in expectance of anything bad happening. You know what I'm saying? You know, come on, they're, they're, they're getting ready to Christianity and the Medjians. Everybody's getting into to, to spirit uh, in this month. And they're wanting to put those kind of things aside. I know because I watch them year after year, no matter how bad things seem to be. Boy, when we get to December, it's just like, you know, I, I feel like I'm talking to dead air. You know what I'm saying? And so it would be that time. Anyway, brother, thanks for coming on and being truthful. I trust your ministry. Tell them where they can find your ministry and your TV programs, and i got to get out of here. Okay. You can find uh, the Economic Collapse blog, uh, dot com If you just go to Google and type in the Economic Collapse, it's the first result that comes up. also have the mostimportantnews.com, which has got all my articles, other news updates, and it's a great uh, you know central news hub for people to go to. I've got, my wife and I have a, a uh, YouTube channel entitled The Watch, where you can find our new television program. My, just go on there, search for Michael Miranda Snyder, and you can find all my books on Amazon.com. Okay, well, that's great, Michael. Thanks for coming on, especially on such short notice, and I really needed to have you on, uh, so you you just be blessed. Thanks for being on with me. Thank you, Pastor Dan. I love uh, love you and love uh, love your ministry, and I hope people support you. Okay, you be blessed. Bye-bye. Well, folks, pray about supporting Wichita Mission Church and pray about supporting these radio programs. I mean, you know, here we are just right after the election. Everybody's happy, smiling and everything, and we're giving you a, a, a message that isn't, you know, maybe real happy. It is happy, though, because it's telling you that Yeshua is coming. Indeed. Indeed, he is coming. We are in that time of the end. Pray about supporting radio. Airtime's due today. If you can make a donation today, that'd be real great. But you must really remember that there is only one God. He is your father. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His son is Yeshua HaMashiach. And you know what? He gave his life for repentant sins. He rose after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And only through him and through him only is the way to the Father. And that's his sign, three days and three nights. Remember, always, always, always be a blessing to others. How can you not be saved and not be a blessing to others? I don't get it. Pray for the tree, peace of Jerusalem. That's like praying for Messiah's return. Lord our God, Father, King of the universe, asking you to show Hamashiach's name. That, Father, that you would bless them and keep them, and that your face would shine upon them, and that you would be gracious to them and give you peace like no one or nothing else can. Until next Thursday, this is Pastor Dan saying goodbye and shalom. Just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch, 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time for the Messiah's Branch.
online by going to wichitahomeless.com or simply call 316-619-4886. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends or even stabilizing, all fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe, all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
American Voice Radio Network, featuring Pastor Dan of the Messiah's Branch Ministry. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Okay. Greetings, saints, and welcome to the Messiah's Branch Prophecy Hour. We're broadcasting live from the Flint Hills of Kansas, and we're on the American Voice Radio Network. Today's date is December 1st, 2016. the world is in turmoil. Most just don't realize it, but we are in that time of the end, and that's the time before Messiah's glorious return. So it's time to get out of sin, the world, and look to the holy city. Look to the one who suffered and died for you. Hear the sound of the shofar? Heed the warning. Get right now before it's too late. Please make this choice tonight. If you need help after the program, call me. I'll pray for you or with you. If you get the machine, please leave your name, your number, your prayer request, and or message. The phone number, of course, is 620-878-4682. Okay, anyway, in an emergency, sorry, folks, I I got sidetracked there for a second. Okay, in an emergency, my cell phone uh, number is 316-620-878. No, wait a minute. I'm so sorry. Uh, boy, today, December 1st, today is just getting off really different, isn't it, folks? Um, trying to break from uh, uh, what's going on. But anyway, um, today we are coming to you live, of course, but in an emergency. There's where we're at. In an emergency, my cell phone number is 316-619-4886. Wow, what a day. Anyway, you can always find the updates with the breaking news, our ministry, radio program archives, and our email address at our sm- uh, email address and our mailing address at our smartphone-friendly blogs, which are prophecyhour.com, which is our main ministry hub. And if you want just audio archives, try to say us branch.org and branch.podomatic.com, which is where our archives are played and downloaded from no matter which link you use. Well, you know something, folks? Uh, I go by the same notes, and I change my call notes, and so things look different. And be careful not to press buttons when you're reading something because Word deleted like over half of my notes. And so I had, I had to hit a bunch of undo things to get back to where we're at. Remember, prayer requests can be sent by United States Postal Service and with an email with your return at, 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 by email. 
and with your return address and or your phone number to call you back. These requests will be taken to Wichita Mission Church, anointed with oil, prayed over, and sent back to you at your request with no solicitations for donations of any kind. And we have a prayer request form, which is on the right-hand side of our Prophecy Hour and our MessiahsBranch.com pages. Remember, we are a national satellite radio program. A lot of people say, well, that, that's Internet radio. Well, true, it does come on the Internet, but first and foremost, it is a satellite radio program, which you can get on KU Band Satellite, which is really interesting because, you know, if the, if, if they censor the Internet, one of the, the few ways, at least for a while, that you'll be able to, to uh, get our program uncensored would be coming through KU Band Satellite. So you should seriously uh, consider getting one. You can get set up with a satellite system from Frank, and you all know who Frank is. That's our, uh, uh, that is our uh, producer, and you know him from he being on this program, and he has the Frank Report, and he says to me just now, he says, plus, we do have some F FM stations that do pick us up also, so we're not just a, um, you know, internet program. Not that there's anything wrong with internet programs, but come on, we've been on the internet putting radio archives up since, you know, way back. Um, I started radio in 2001, and we I started putting up radio programs way back then. And uh, so we've always put our archives on. A little bit later, they started calling them podcasts. Imagine that. But anyway, so we are an FM state. We, do, we are picked up by FM, and we are picked up. Uh, on when well, we are broadcasting on satellite right now, and so we are live radio program. So this is a little bit different than just the, the normal podcast that you would go to. Anyway, so having said all that, back to the December first thing. Wow, December first, we're our, this year's almost up. You know, I don't know about you folks, but with me. Uh, I always have that little bit of a transitional problem, you know, where you type so much stuff and you put uh, this year instead of next year, you know what I mean, and so we're going to have that. I look for 2017 to be a good year. We've already seen some good things, but don't forget we're in the time of the end, and we'll be addressing that issue uh, in the next program when we have Michael from the Economic Collapse blog on with us, and uh, he thinks we're going to talk just about uh, Israel and some things, but I'm going to ask him some hard questions because uh, he has some other opinions on what may be happening. So it's going to be a good program. Make sure you turn in. Uh, that will be an hour after this program goes off. On another note, let's thank our listener base that is worldwide. Where are they at? They're in places like Beijing, China, New Delhi, India, Auckland, New in New Zealand. Can you imagine living in a place like Auckland? Well, I'm not picking on you folks in Auckland. It just seems funny to somebody here in the United States. Liverpool in the United Kingdom. You know, I thought Liverpool was just England, you know. Anyway, but the United Kingdom, that's what it really is. Anyway, Sydney, Australia, Moscow, Russia. That's, that's a cool one. And of course, cities in the United States, such as Aurora, Illinois. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Fresno, California, Anaheim, California, um, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Anchorage, Northport, um, Alaska. Imagine that. Are you all cold up there? I hear there's supposed to be a big cold thing coming in this year. Or not here, but uh, this weekend, in fact, it's even going to hit Kansas. So, 
Uh, we are speaking of Kansas, let's not forget to thank our folks over there in Wichita, Kansas, which still remains a larger group of listeners to our radio programs when they podcast, that is, later on tonight. Um, I wonder here, okay, now then, let's move right along. Uh, we're ready for a prayer, I guess, and then we'll start talking about tonight's program and what we're going to do. We do have a special guest. First a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in Yeshua Hamashiach's name I pray. Father, I pray that radio tonight goes according to your will and not my will. And nor my guests will, Father. And please give everyone out there ears in which to hear the truth. So you, in Yeshua Hamashiach's name, amen and amen. Well, folks, so many of them are watching this great turmoil across the earth, you know, and we're sidetracked with things. We're looking at terrorism and things at schools and malls and other public places, and we, we're sidetracked here. We had the election, and boy, that wasn't that something. What a battle between good and evil. By the way, that battle's still going on, and it's, well, I believe that America was given an opportunity given an opportunity for change and repentance by having this president, it's going to be us to up, us to actually do it. Um, so if we don't repent and we don't turn away from our sin and we just say, hey, everything's great, it's going to be a real surprise. But there's some other things going on. You know, with all these things going on, people seem to neglect that there's some really strange things around the world. And they've actually... People think, well, those are just now happening, but they've been going on now and since the beginning of time. In fact, just right under our noses in some instances. And so tonight we're going to talk about some of those things. Things like, you know, you should have said, well, you know, um, it would be as in the days of Noah. And what was going on in the days of Noah? Nephilim will walk in the earth. And if you don't know what a Nephilim is, a Nephilim talks about in Genesis 6. They, um, while a lot of Bibles just say giants, um, if you look up the word, you find out that it's a crossbreed between um, a fallen angel and, uh, you know, a fallen angel and a human being. And uh, that's some really strange things. So can you see any examples? Nephilims are actually embedded into our culture. You know how that is? Well, guess who is one of the number one Nephilims of all time? Well, that would be... Um, well, that wouldn't. That would be more along the, the lines of a, a fallen angel. But you know, you have people like Hercules. You know, he's part God and and and, and part. Uh, he's part God and he's part uh, human being. And so those things are embedded into our culture. And I believe they got embedded so much into our culture so that we um, would be numb to those things. And But there's one person, I, you know, I was actually looking for some different things because let me tell you what, the prophecy world out there got stood on its head when, when Obama looks like he's leaving office and everything. But so I was out there looking, I thought, well, there's lots of other things to talk about in the prophecy world. And so I was looking, yeah, yesterday um, for someone to be on with me um, to talk about some of these other strange, uh, strange things. And while I was looking for new people, you know, I, I kept coming across uh, our guest's name tonight, and he's been on with us many times, and I thought, well, let's just see if he's busy, because he is one of the most accurate experts of these strange things that are going on. So um, 
I'm, I'm going to check and see if he is ready um, yet to come on because uh, we had to give him about a five-minute lag, and I think that uh, has uh, expired. So let's try and go ahead and talk about him. Okay, tonight we bring on him with us one of the most accurate experts, and he is an author, researcher, lecturer, and host of the Watcher Series, which is a great program that proves many things, like finding other graveyards that clearly could have been um, uh, been the remains of amphibians, and we're going to talk about DNA tests of giants, as well as a very strange story in Afghanistan. Let's just bring on L.A. Marzulli. Are you there with me, L.A.? I certainly am. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Well, I'm I'm really glad. You know, and like I was saying, I was I was scanning the internet to try to find somebody new to talk about these things. And you know what? Every time I I, I did a search, your name was in the, the first page of it, and I went, "Well, really? Why don't I just get L.A. on?" So, um, so what's been going on with you since we talked last? Well, I was just at the Serpent Mound, and um, I posted a video. Uh, on my YouTube account, which is uh, L.A. Marzulli, by the way. Um, and the Serpent Mound is in Peebles, Ohio. It's a very interesting uh, area. I've been there twice. This is the second time that I was there. I filmed um, myself on there. And, all, and we've already had, like, it's been less than 24 hours since we put this show up. It's about 28 and a half minutes on my YouTube channel. We've already had about 5,000 views. So. Um, it's, it's very enigmatic because it shows an undulating serpent, and it's, it's a very large mound. In fact, it's so long and so large that you really can only see it from the air. There is a two-story two observation tower there, but even, even when you're up in that at the very top, you still really can't see the head clearly. So um, the reason why I went there is because I just felt that I had new information, and I wanted to film there. I've never really filmed there, per se. I took still photographs, but I never did any walk-through filming, and that's, of course, what this was. Uh, and after the show, your audience can go to the YouTube channel and watch it for themselves. But here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line for me, that archaeologists have really, if they're intellectually honest, they have no idea who built this thing. Uh, I interviewed a man whose grandmother was like 104 years old or something and um, when she passed away. And, she, and this guy's been there, his whole family has been in that area literally uh, for, for decades. Decades, over a right. century. But they, they're in the area. And, and this man came on the record and told me that when his grandmother was a little girl, so now we're back like, you know, 90 years and so at the turn of the century, this is way out in the middle of nowhere, uh, you know, 19, what, 1910, something like that. So it's, 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 it's the boonies. It still is the boonies. But back then, it's like really the boonies. And this woman is hearing uncles and aunts and grandfathers who go back another 60 years. So now we're around the Civil War. And this man came on the record and told me that, to the best of his knowledge, when Native Americans were asked about um, who built this mound, they said it was ancient. They said it was ancient. It was here uh, before they got here. And that's very, very telling. It's extremely telling because what, what that shows me is that, first of all, to the best of my knowledge, Native Americans 
did not construct edifices like this. They just didn't do it. But the archaeologists will insist that they did. And we see the same thing down in Peru in places like Sacsayhuaman. What if it's not? In Sacsayhuaman is in Peru, about 12 to 13,000 people at sea level. We see these large, enigmatic, um, megalithic, huge stones, some of them weighing well over 100 tons, you know, 120 tons, 150 tons. Very, very large. And Curiosity. Um, why? Yeah. The and it begs the question, who built this and why? Mainstream archaeologists insist that the Inca built it. But when you go back and look at the conquistadors, when the conquistadors, the Spanish 1492, um, that era after Columbus sort of discovers the new world, they asked the, the Inca, who built this? The Inca said the giants built it. He was here when we got here. And it's the same thing that we hear echoed at the Serpent Mound in People's Ohio. Who built this? Well, uh, we don't know. It's ancient. It was here when we got here. And while I was there, and just, just so you guys know, I mean, this stuff's incredible, that the serpent is undulating. This, this, the serpent is above ground. Right. It's four to five feet um, above ground. It's this mound, and it's all crafted, and the tail spirals, and then the serpent undulates. And the undulations of the serpent point either to the summer solstice, the longest day of the year, the shortest day of the year, the winter solstice, the equinoxes, the lunar lunar rising and, and the waxing and waning of the moon. And it shows, it depicts a very large serpent and in the act of what appears to be swallowing an egg. Now, New Agers will say exactly the opposite. No, it's really not what it is. The serpent denotes wisdom. It's, the serpent is in the act of giving birth to this egg and the egg of the world and its knowledge and knowledge for mankind. And I look at that and go, that's just nonsense. We go back to the Genesis 3.15 biblical prophetic narrative. And what we hear in that narrative in that scene, because it's in the garden, right after Adam and Eve have been deceived by the serpent. There's the serpent again. And I believe it's the pre-incarnate Yeshua who is standing there in the garden with them. And he says, look, here's the deal. I'm just sort of paraphrasing here. The seed of a serpent, he says, your seed, turning of the serpent, will be at war, will be at enmity with the seed of the woman. We know, you know, thousands of years later, the seed of the woman becomes Mashiach, becomes Messiah. We know that. But the seed of the serpent, three, only three chapters later, begins to manifest on the planet. And it manifests in the form of the Nephilim. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterwards. When the sons of God, who, by the way, are the fallen angels of heaven, uh, but they can also be the good angels. It's B'nai Elohim in the Hebrew, which just denotes the angelic host of heaven. So when the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful, they desired them and chose wives from whoever they wished. And they married them and went into them in the biblical sense. And the offspring were these giants, these Nephilim. And then it says, and the Nephilim are on the earth in those days, and also afterwards when, now it, now it tells you exactly when, when the sons of God saw the daughters of men and took wives and went into them and had children by them. These were the mighty men of old. Uh, these were the demigods that roamed the planet. And I've written a book on this called The Cosmic Chess Match, which gets into this in much, much more detail than we have the time to cover. Uh, 
But getting back to Peebles, that glyph, in my opinion, and I had an interesting email from a gentleman yesterday, in fact, who heard me on Coast to Coast, stating that the Lord told him about five years ago that the serpent mound was there, and the serpent uh, was constructed to show that the serpent would prevail over the seed of the woman, would destroy the seed of the woman. And, of course, that's what I think we're looking at in that very large glyph in Peebles, Ohio, which, by the way, you can really only see it from above. You can't see it. You can't appreciate it from down on the ground. You must be above it to see it, as many of these ancient sites are. Who is the prince, or the, who is the prince of the power of the air? That's Satan himself, the fallen cherub. And so as, as we uh, delve into this, we realize that the serpent is in the act of destroying the egg so that prophecy would not be fulfilled. Why the serpent? The serpent is a global phenomenon. The serpent is, is everywhere. It's, it's, um, the serpent is, there are serpent cults, Chichen Itza, serpent cults. We see the serpent motif in Peru. We see the serpent motif in, in faraway places uh, in, in the Middle East. It is everywhere, absolutely everywhere. And, of course, who is the serpent? And the serpent is the one that got us all in all this trouble. And shamans know that, um, and, and, and the Kundalini serpent, Spirit, which yogis right. in the Middle East know that there's power there, but the power and the knowledge that comes from the serpent always comes with a price, and of course that's your eternal soul. So while I was there, I came right. up with the theory. We're gonna I'm sorry, have to what? We're going to have to go to break in about a minute. Okay. So why don't Problem. you give the, the best website for you and tell them where they can find this video that you just put up one more time, and then we'll go to break. The video is at my, my YouTube channel, L.A. Marzulli. Just go type L.A. Marzulli on YouTube, and up it will come. Um, it's also on PPS Report. It's, you can find it there, ppsreport.com. You can go to the blog, lamarzuli.wordpress.com, and find it there. Three places to choose from. All right, well, folks, um, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in three minutes with more from L.A.
oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Thanksgiving, 
Um, I asked her, make a long story short, told him, and the next day he wired the money in over here, although it took us a while to get, you know, the right coordinates over to him because we're not used to people wiring to our bank account. But we got it done, and so Thanksgiving, yeah, it was really good. We had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Actually, we have a YouTube video up about it. You can look at it and see it if you want. If you go to our YouTube channel, find it at ProfitTheHour.com. There's a link to it. But anyway, um, we also had some other thing, uh, donations come in for Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving was a real blessed two days. We did Thanksgiving Thursday and Friday, and it was a real blessing. And, you know, of course, it was a blessing not only for the people, but for us, because we love to serve the uh, Father by serving others. You know, during Thanksgiving, we also gave out heavy-duty winter gloves and socks and uh, stocking hats. Well, we didn't really need them that bad last week. We are going to need them tomorrow. Kansas, you know, we're, under, we're coming under, possibly, Wichita may get its first snow of the year, which means, folks around the country, I guess you're going to get real snow. Anyway, but uh, we are faced with uh, December. We, now this is December 1st. And December, since the economic cra uh, crash that happened right about at Obama, excuse me, um, December's became one of the slowest months of the year. You know, people just don't have the money to to do holidays and donate to us because, you know, we're not considered usually as somebody's first donation point because uh, most of our listeners are uh, believers in Yeshua and they tie to their local churches and, and prayerfully their local charities. And so we're a secondary donation. And so, you know, they don't always get to donate to that secondary donation, be, especially when, um, you know, there's not a lot of money to spread around and there's different expenses in December, uh, which, by the way, of course, uh, December 25th is going to be a twofold event this year because um, while mainstream Christianity celebrates uh, Christmas, um, others are celebrating, you know, Hanukkah. The first day of Hanukkah falls on December 25th. And, you know, we celebrate Hanukkah, which is, you know, the light came into the world, the Feast of Dedication, and we believe Yeshua was conceived on that. But so Christianity and, and Messianics and everybody, we're going to be celebrating on the same day. And it's all going to be, it's supposed to be about Yeshua. So pray about supporting Wichita Mission Church. Why would you do that? Because we are the last hope for so many. And, folks, we are responsible to care one for another, as we are brothers keepers. All donations, no matter what size, helps. And the Father notices all donations that come from where? Your heart. If you don't wish to help with the poor, well, consider a donation for radio airtime. As, like we told you at the first this program, we're on some FM stations. We are on satellite radio. Airtime is not free. And this ministry sells nothing. We are just um, able to be on the air because of your kind donations. You can donate online or mail a check or money order, and you can find all that information at prophecyhour.com, prophecyhour.com. And now we're back with L.A. Marzulli. Are you there with us, uh, L.A.? I certainly am. Um, just real brief before we go back into anything, uh, you were on last night with, uh, uh, you know, that live program? Coast to Coast? Yeah, Coast to Coast. My, I had a brain, you know what? aneurysm we'll call it but yeah coast to coast am last night how did that go last night well it was really good i was on for two hours and uh you know I, we talked about the serpent mound and what it may or may not be uh of course all this is 
you want to get more in-depth, you can go to the video or you can pick up the book, Nephilim Hybrid, which has that whole paradigm, um, you know, written out in Marches 10 uh, and also Nephilim Hybrid, the book. But here, here's the deal. And, and this is, I don't, I've never heard anyone ever say this. So it, it's sort of a new, a new idea, a new hypothesis. We're okay. led to believe by archaeologists that Native Americans took birch bark baskets, birch bark baskets and clamshells and dug into the earth with the clamshells and transported those buckets of earth one at a time to an area. And over a period of 50, 100 years, whatever, they built these edifices. Okay, I, I get that, but I don't see any evidence of that, in my opinion, especially if some of the dirt is, is brought in from, let's say, over a mile away. Uh, now we're into a, a very enigmatic um, phenomenon. Something is going on here. I'm a frank supernaturalist, as many of your listeners who have heard me before probably know. I believe that the supernatural is more real than the natural world around us. And that being stated, that being stated, as Christians, we believe that Yeshua rose from the dead, that he walked on water, that he changed water to wine. We believe in staffs that when they were thrown down by, by Moses, Moshe, they, they became... They became serpents, and the Egyptians could mimic that plague. In fact, the magicians in Egypt could mimic the first three plagues that were sent by God. We believe in, in talking donkeys and floating accents and two gold coins that appear out of the mouths of fish. And we have no problem believing it because it's all in our Bibles, okay? That being said, we know that when an angel appears to John the Baptist, he shuts his mouth. John the Baptist is, is, John, is Zechariah. Is not, sorry, not John about Zechariah, his father, is not able to speak until the child is born. He says, His name is John. How does that work? How is it that Elijah's servant, his eyes are opened up? How is it that Elijah is taken up in a, in a whirlwind? How is it that Enoch is translated? I mean, these are mysteries. And it, and it just inhales back and discusses and talks and points back to the supernatural. With that in mind, Here's my new hypothesis. I believe that the stones and socks they were mine were levitated. They were cut and levitated. I call it Nephilim architecture, fallen angel technology. I believe that that same technology was then used at Peebles, Ohio, and it made the dirt dance. It made the dirt dance. And this dirt was levitated and it was funneled and shaped by entities which do not belong here, do not originate from here. And I know, realize that sounds absolutely incredible. And I understand that. But so does a floating accent or a talking donkey or a man that walks on water. So you tell me where we're supposed to draw the line with the supernatural. And I believe that all the mounds in the Americas were constructed this way. I don't think birch bark baskets and dog sleds had anything to do with it. I really don't. Um, well said. Very well said, L.A. And, you know, I haven't heard anybody point it out. What I have seen is various people over the years, and I've been doing this since the early 90s, 
um, you know, into the prophecy thing and the Nephilims and all that. And I've seen so many people come up with different things like, you know, different kinds of lifts and all kinds of, of mechanical things that a man would dream up to whether it's to cut stone and transport it stone. But using what you just used, you explain that, that explains pyramids and everything else that are so hard to believe. Um, I also like the way that you put it. Why shouldn't we be able to believe this if we believe our Bible? Because, you know, not many people talk about the Bible like that in, in that sense, but it's the truth. We believe all the supernatural things, or we should be believing all the supernatural things in the Bible. So did that, you know, when did that stop, cease, or isn't there other things? Back to you. Well, that's the whole point. It, it, it didn't. And, and this, is, this is where we get into trouble, as, especially as a church. When we sit, we sit in and we read, we read all these, these scriptures uh, week after week after week, we have a form of religion but deny its power. We never travel in the supernatural. We, we don't want to have the Holy Spirit really show up or actually have something that happens like the book of Acts. We, it's too sloppy. It's too messy. We want our little, you know, 45-minute deal and then get out and get something to eat for lunch, sing a few songs, have a couple of hugs, and uh, off we go. And you know, in some churches, they actually preach the Word, go figure, uh, which is rare these days. And I'm, I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek. I love the church. I'm part of the church, but it needs to be reformed, drastically needs to be reformed. But that's, nevertheless, that's where we are. And I'm a frank supernaturalist, and I think that the vestiges of a Nephilim are global, and all we need to do is, is peer back, peel back the layers um, of Darwinism, which has uh, basically obfuscated anything to do with the supernatural. And uh, there you have it. Well, amen. So, and uh, so, a lot of people are going to say, um, or do say, and we have you know people have probably never even heard some of this stuff. Um, is number one is so why this is actually a cover up? There's a cover up of the Nephilim. What for the people? Of course, I know for the people. Why is it covered up that there's giants and all of these things? That's you. Wait, I'm not, I'm not sure of the question. Say that again. Okay. Why is there a worldwide and uh, ongoing cover-up of all of these things, like the Nephilim, the giants, and, you know, uh, hiding these things. Why well, is Well, it's that? very simple. It goes against the Darwinian paradigm. Uh, any, anything, anything that goes against the, the Darwinian paradigm can't, can't be there. Anything that points back to the validity and the veracity of the supernatural uh, can't be there. must be dealt with. Right? And that's right. everything is guarded. It's a managed agenda, as Chuck Missler would say. Well, you know, believing in the age that we're in, do you think that this will burst at the scene? Do you think that we're going to see, re-see these things again in our time? Well, I think they're already here. I mean, I've got reports that have come across my desk, and we've talked about this in Watchers 10, of the very large Afghan giants. That we've had, we've had multiple witnesses now. Steve Quayle um, had, a, had a witness, the, the the pilot that flew the thing out. We've got the shooter that uh, brought the thing down. Um, another another guy came on the record and uh, um, you know basically told us that that he heard rumors like this. So look, I mean, 
this is, I'm not making this stuff up, guys. I, you know, I'm not, not making it up. And that's, that's part of the problem. You know, it's, it's just uh, the supernatural is real. And anything okay. that deals with the supernatural, um, that, would, that would reveal the supernatural, Right, right. Well, you know, pointing back to Watcher's Chin, um, you know, and folks, you ought to get that. You can find it at his blog, of course. But um, this Afghan John, this is really fascinating. Maybe we take a couple of minutes and tell some of that story so that people know what you're talking about because, wow, that was really some is really something, not was, is ongoing. Back to you. The, um, what are you talking about, the giant of Afghanistan? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, please. Talk well, a little. Junk of Afghanistan, let me, let me give you the backstory here. A number of years ago, Steve Quayle um, uh, broke a story on, on his website and uh, also on Coast to Coast talking about these, that there was a, uh, a pilot, an airplane pilot, who said off the record, like most of these guys, they will not come on the record. Uh, that um, he flew out a giant from Afghanistan that had been shot by our troops. Now, you know, that's, that's unbelievable. And so he went on coast to coast and, and stated this, and uh, Steve Quayle was there. And, you know, when I first heard this, and who wouldn't be? You're somewhat skeptical. You've got to be kidding. Right. A Nephilim that's 12 to 15 feet tall running around on the planet, that's wacky. That's wacky stuff. And uh, with that in mind, um, I listened to it. I talked to Steve about it when, when he first published that book, and uh, we let it alone. And our, my uh, the co-producer of the Watchers series, Richard Shaw, was on a show, and this caller called in, and the caller wound up staying uh, on after the show was over, and they had a discussion. And in the course of discussing um, different things, he stated that he was one of the shooters that shot the Afghan giant. And, of course, that's crazy. I mean, that's just crazy stuff. So Rick got his number, and I called him the next day, and thus began, like, a screening process with this man. And he comes in on the record anonymously in Watchers 10 and tells us what happened, what he saw. And every time he gets to this one part of the story, he breaks down. So he's either a very, very good actor, or he's telling the truth. And I lean toward, very strongly lean towards the man telling me the truth. Um, I, I've sat down with this guy. I've known him for now more than a year. And uh, I believe him. I don't think he's uh, uh, pulling our leg or conducting an elaborate ruse. I think it's, it's real. And, uh, and here's the story. There was a platoon in 2001 that were in the mountains above Afghanistan, the Kandahar province, looking for high-value targets in caves, very remote areas. They were dropped off by helicopter, and they began to hike. They missed their first rally point, their check-in. They missed the second rally point. And on and on it goes to the end of the day. No one knows where these guys are. Did they get ambushed? Are they captive? Are they all dead? No one knows. The next morning, this another platoon is dispatched, and this this man who comes on the record with us, we'll just call him the shooter, uh, stated that they were dropped off in the same locale. They had no trouble following uh, the path 
that the first platoon went on, and, and after a while they began to descend this goat path, which led them to a ledge, which overlooked the valley below. It was at least a thousand feet up. And as they're there, they're kind of dispersed on this ledge, and above them is a cave, a very large cave. Out of the cave comes a nightmare, a 12-foot, red-haired, six-fingered, double-rows-of-teeth giant, brandishing a very long, menacing spear and a shield. Everyone is frozen. One of the guys snaps out of it, begins to run towards this, this giant, shooting his, his rifle at the time. The giant moves with such speed and agility that the shooter can't believe it. And before anyone can do anything, the giant has this guy dangling from the end of the spear. He's run him through with his spear, and he's dangling in the air. And somebody yells, shoot him in the head, shoot him in the head. And they open fire, and they bring the giant down. They basically shot his face off. That's what killed him. They shot his face off. At this part of the story, uh, the man who was impaled is still alive. They call a medevac. The man succumbs to his wounds. Now their head clears. Uh, the whole firefight took less than 30 seconds. They, they're overcome by the stench of this thing. It smells like a pile of dead bodies, as powerful as a skunk, but not a skunk. More like a pile of dead bodies. Uh, it was at least 12 feet tall. And so we've got the pilot who flew this thing out, saying it was about 12, 1,200 pounds. He's got the shooter who says he was there and shot the thing. Then he's got a third witness who was deployed to Afghanistan, came on the record and told us that when he was there at the, in Kandahar, uh, there were rumors about a giant that was killed, that was killed by, by their troops and mm. that impaled someone. So the story is the same. George knew the story because the pilot told the, the same story to George, that apparently the giant wasn't friendly, that's why he was shot, he impaled somebody. So the story has been repeated um, by three different people. There's no collusion between the three. And we went with it. And, you know, in my way of thinking, it's not that far out. Because Afghanistan, when you look at a map, is somewhat close to uh, what I would call, um, you know, Nephilim Central in, in, in right. the Middle East. Right. Right. It, it, it's the Middle East. It's, it's, it's yeah. just right there. So absolutely. Yeah. Um, let alone the, the country, Afghanistan, I mean, you know, there's a lot of hiding places, so to speak. You know, it's not like America where, you know, there's not really a lot of hiding places. So it really makes a lot of sense. Back to you. Well, it does. Uh, it, it does make a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, you, you asked if, if they're here, are we going to see them again? Well, I think that the breeding program uh, by these so-called extraterrestrials, we covered this in our Watcher series, specifically Watcher 7 and 8, where we took out the implant, which was incredibly unnerving to, to actually sit in, a, um, in an operating theater and, uh, and, and, and watch, watch what, what comes down. I mean, it was just unbelievably unnerving. And we removed the implant. So we know that these things are real. And whoever is doing it, there's a concerted effort to bring about uh, a breeding program. If, if women are abducted in the extraterrestrials, by so-called extraterrestrials, ovum is taken. If it's uh, the men, uh, sperm is taken. So something is going on here. 
And it's, in my opinion, it's incredibly nefarious. I mean, incredibly nefarious. And it hails back to uh, the Nephilim. I'm working on a, my first independent film. It's a series called The Watchmen Chronicles. And the first one is on UFOs. It's called In Their Own Words. And it's a dirty little secret that the church doesn't want to talk about. But in most congregations, as a low 5%, as a high 35%. So let's round it down to about 18% of the people in your congregation have seen lights in the sky, UFOs, had experiences, sleep paralysis. That number's way too high. And it's time for the church to start dealing with it, and that's what the movie will be about, is to, uh, it's in yeah, their own words. It's me interviewing people that have had experiences, never come on camera, never told their story before, but they trust me, and they're coming on camera. And it will be out in March. Well, um, absolutely can't wait to do an interview about that and see it. But in brief, let me say something. You know, what I've been running across is, um, you know, like for one, there was this kid that, that had left this church. He was really into the, the father and son, and, and he did everything right, and got married, and, you know, was a virgin when he got married. And she started studying the Old Testament, and he just couldn't take it because he believed the slaughter that Yahweh was, was telling the Israelite people to do these people, but that church that he was in wouldn't tell him the whole truth. They wouldn't tell him about, um, you know, the mixed seed and the men's need for cleansing. And so this is really information that the church needs desperately, don't you think? Well, this, this is it's, 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 it's vital information. It's information that people in the church need to hear, get their head around and be taught because they perish. If they don't understand uh, the seed war and what we read about um, in Genesis 3.15, what are you going to do when you get to uh, statements that we read about in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21? What are you going to do with that? It'll be like the days of Noah. What the heck does that mean? And there's so much, in my opinion, which is just absolute faulty exegesis in, in regards to this. Um, Holy, we're eating and drinking. That's not, that's not who is the they? Who are, who are eating and drinking? And this is why understanding Genesis 3.15 and then Genesis 6 is so vital, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's vital. It is vital. Um, okay, L.A., uh, what's the, the most important things that people can pick up from you? Otherwise, other than, of course, folks, you need to get the Watchers series, period. But what else can we find at your blogs? You've got about two minutes to finish up. Well, you know, we've got the Watchers 10-pack, um, all 10 plus a bonus DVD. Uh, you know, there's, there's so much information there, folks. Go to lamarzuli.net, lamarzuli.net, and, and get a gift with meaning. My gosh. I mean, if you're going to celebrate Hanukkah or Christmas or whatever, I don't want to argue about all that. For me, the holiday is about Jesus, period. I don't care right. where it originates from or anything else. I mean, I, I get it. I, I read Hislop, and I, I, I get the whole deal. Trust me, I do. But for me, it, 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 I remember Jesus. I remember his birth. I know he wasn't born in December. I totally get it, completely get it. But we give gifts and recognition of that. that that's what in our culture. That's what, and it may be all wrong, but, that, but that's our culture. So unless we completely you know, steer the boat in another direction, the reason for the season, the reason for the gift is to celebrate the birth of Messiah, period. Yeah. That's it. That's all I'm doing here. So sell me in the parking lot if you don't like that. But that's it. And we give gifts. 
and it's not commercialized and it's wacky and crazy and everything else. So give a gift that means something. Give, give people Nephilim Hybrid's book or the Watchers 10 or any of the Watchers. I mean, or Amitrail and Nephilim. I mean, I've got a new book out, which will come out on the 19th, called The Sunday Bun. It's my little sermon X that I've, I've compiled in one book. It's really pissy. And they're short, you know, you pick the thing up, you read one a day, you get fed. You get fed the word. And it's important. Give gifts that have meaning instead of yeah, a scarf exactly. or a tie or, you know, the usual nonsense. And by yeah. doing that, it helps us do what we're doing here, too. Yeah, amen. I, I agree with you totally. And, and you know what? Uh, that's why I was saying at the first this program before you came on, I was saying now, um, you know, both Hanukkah and, and Christmas falls on the same day. And it's all about Yeshua. So, you know, let's do a gift that means something. Well, LA, I'm glad to have you on. I really can't wait to, to see the, the new thing coming out in March, but we're going to have to get out of here. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. All right. You be blessed. Bye bye. Well, folks, uh, L.A. Marzulli, but remember, there is only one God. He is your father. He's a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His son is Yeshua HaMashiach. He gave his life for repentant sins. He rose after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And through him, and only through him, it's through the Father. Folks, um, remember Yeshua. Watch what you should remember this month. Forget about, just remember Yeshua. But you should remember him every day. Remember, always, always, always be a blessing to others. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That's like praying for Messiah's return. The Lord our God, Father, King in the universe. Father, I ask in Yeshua HaMashiach's name that you would bless and keep them, and that your face would shine upon them, and that you would be gracious to them and give them peace like no one or nothing else can. Until an hour from now, this is Pastor Dan saying goodbye and shalom. Just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch, 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time for the Messiah's Branch.
just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beattie did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beattie set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BDAC, 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time, I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preserved or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com. N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. I would like to tell you about the only truly natural dog and cat food I have found anywhere. Most all companies add a synthetic vitamin mineral pack to their dry or kibble food. Nature's logic is different with all natural ingredients and nothing man-made added. Their owner, Scott Freeman, worked for another pet food company but decided he wanted to do things right. So he started Nature's Logic. You can check them out at natureslogic.com. You will find online and local stores where you can find their products. I spent a lot of time trying to find an all-natural pet food and Nature's Logic was the only one out there. Give your pets the best and check out naturelogic.com. Your pets will be glad you did. They also have many other natural pet products to try.
my good buddy here, Joe Lawrence, and we've also got a studio audience again tonight. Uh, so if you hear clapping, it's not because we paid them. It's just because we're maybe doing all right. Uh, Joe's over here working on putting us on YouTube. So um, I posted it on Facebook. If anybody wants to check, we're trying to have a YouTube video while we're doing this. Uh, Joe's even dressed up. You'll see when you go there, he's got on his tie. It's kind of making me look, you know, too casual, but that's all right. Oh, that's what we're trying to do, Dave, make you look too casual. Uh, we're uh, currently experiencing some technical difficulties as we speak. We had a little bit of an audio feedback issue. Probably one of the cameras will try to pick it up on the uh, on the break or something like that. Wait, I won't you still have the video? The no, right now I took it down because um, we didn't have time to trace oh, that. Okay. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, we are broadcasting on AmericanVoiceRadio.com. And the call-in number, if anybody has any questions, comments, anything at all, uh, is 1-800-932-1980. We're broadcasting from my little version of the Garden of Eden. And the lemons and the oranges are going crazy. Uh, I've even got some tomatoes that are about a foot tall uh, after I planted the entire tomato a while back. Well, uh, did it right through the uh, weather? I mean, got a little cold, but it didn't yeah, they've, from... they've done fine. Uh, my daughter's tried to tell me there were weeds, but now the weeds are about a foot tall, and you can see it's a beautiful tomato plant. Nice. And I even think I have pumpkin growing back there. It came back up after I planted it last year. Awesome. So uh, we're getting there. Uh, later on, uh, in fact, in just a short while probably, we are going to have Joe uh, tell you a little bit about himself. He's got a very, very interesting uh, history and career in broadcasting and working behind the mic and in front of the camera and the whole bit. And he's going to tell you how him and I met and how he became uh, a patient and his struggles before I met him. And um, we're going to get into a little bit of that. So those of you that have been with the show for a while, you know how we like to have patients call in every once in a while. Well, this time we have a patient who's actually co-hosting and sitting in the studio. So it's even better than usual. I believe in you that much, David. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Checks coming, Joe. The checks coming. <laughs> uh, one of the things I wanted to touch on, and this happens every holiday, every weekend, uh, for some reason, uh, people will contact me over the holidays, the weekends, after working hours, and that's fine uh, if something's real critical. Uh, I'll get back to you and we'll deal with it. But if not, I usually call back the next day during working hours. And sometimes they'll contact me and we'll communicate a few times uh, over the holiday or weekend or and nights or something like that. And then they don't follow through during the week. And I never understand that. If, if you cared enough, you know, to call when I wasn't working and, you know, we talk and I, I get involved and I'm, I'm concerned about you. And then when I'm back at work, you don't call. I don't understand that. And I've tried to explain to people. Uh, and I hope nobody ever gets offended, but I don't use my cell phone or emails uh, or Facebook messaging to schedule appointments or get too involved in consults because what happens, you don't know when people check their email, their message, or their phone, 
and I've had people in the past I tried to do that. I didn't think it was very professional, but I was trying to do it to be helpful, and people missed their appointments and forget or didn't check their phone in time, and here I am thinking I have an appointment, and nobody shows, and I could have scheduled somebody else. So please call me on the office phone. It's 832-220-6163. From 830 to 9, I'm usually answering messages, calls, uh, lining out my day, and I, I take calls from 9 to noon and then back in the office from 2 till 5. And I, I, I'm a one-person office right now, so if I don't get to you, it's because I'm tied up with a patient, but I will call you back. And I only schedule with the office phone for the same reason. If I don't schedule when I'm sitting here by the appointment book, and people will call me and ask me what appointments I might have available when I'm not even here, I, I don't know and they forget and sometimes they don't check you know they might text me or email me and they might not look at their message in time so then we just don't want to do that so i have to make it simple and keep it professional i only schedule from my office phone and it just makes things a lot easier so please bear with me on that it's better for you and better for me and we don't have anybody that wanted to get in that couldn't get in um, another thing and we have a member in the audience that's guilty of this. Uh, please, when I'm worried about you and we're treating you for something, and I ask you to let me know how you're doing within a few days, please call me back. It, it, it really, you, you might think this is funny because maybe you're not used to a doctor that actually cares, but I'm concerned. And I want to follow up and know how you're doing and know if I need to make any changes. And also, very importantly, that's how you're going to make me look smart, and I need all the help I can get. So please tell me what's going on. We have a member in the audience tonight who did not do that, and I worried. And, you know, that might sound silly, but you become a patient of mine. You're part of my family, and I do care, and I do get concerned, and I will wonder how you're doing. But I'm not going to call you and track you down. If I, if I asked you to let me know, I'm hoping you'll do that. So please let me know what's going on. Um, we had a uh, thing come up about cigarettes, and many people are afraid to tell the doctor they smoke. I, on the other hand, if you smoke, the only thing I'll ask you to do is switch to American Spirit. And I've talked to the people of American Spirit uh, this week. I talked to them, and I've talked to them oh, over the last year, uh, checking on ingredients and different things. Uh, if you are old enough to smoke and you contact them, they'll set you up with some free coupons and they'll remember you on your birthday. Uh, the average Marlboro uh, it's got about 250 chemicals, mm. and American Spirit has nothing but the nicotine that naturally is found in tobacco. And what patients tell me, yes, American Spirit is maybe a dollar higher than the cigarettes they used to smoke, but because it doesn't have all the chemicals, they find that they smoke less because it isn't dragging them back to that next cigarette. and. If they decide they want to quit, they tell me it's a lot easier to quit because they don't have all those chemicals holding them tight. And American Spirit has uh, even got some of the cigarettes that are labeled organic. Now, they, everything is pretty natural, but they went to the trouble on uh, some of them to get the government approval and the paperwork 
so it's certified organic. So if that's your thing, go down that road. Um, we're going to turn it over here to Joe and uh, let him tell his, his story for you. Uh, he's sitting here in studio, and he's become a good friend and, and part of my radio family and office family. And uh, we'll let him take it from here and bring it all the way up to today. Well, thanks, Dave. I appreciate that. Uh, I guess I uh, need an apology, and I guess just put it right here. Uh, I've been one of those patients who doesn't call, who doesn't follow up. But one thing I notice, you know, when I do call you, you always, you know, take the time out of your day and, and, and call me back. So thank you for that. Um, our story and how we actually uh, started working together, you know, originally I came to you, uh, I had, what, four bulging discs. And, um, you know, I looked at the regular traditional route of, um, you know, care for that. And, uh, you know, they wanted to do the surgery, um, which I wasn't even remotely interested in. Uh, I'd seen how they, my father had a back surgery and he was just never the same person. And, you know, we talk about the quality of life and the pain that he struggled, struggled through, you know, on a daily basis. That was kind of hard to watch, you know, growing up. And it really uh, limited a lot of things that he could do. So, you know, I, I, I did my research. Um, fortunately, I knew somebody and uh, they recommended you. So I hobbled over to your, uh, to your office and that was back at the old office there. But, um, you know, I walked out of there a new man. Uh, you, I'm sitting here in one piece. Uh, I still have an active lifestyle. I'm still able to do a lot of the things that, you know, I was doing before, um, you know, within moderation. I'm not, you know, benching 500 pounds uh, or anything like that, anything crazy. But, you know, you just pace yourself a little bit better. But, um, yeah, so it's just kind of coincidence that, you know, hey, we, we struck it off and uh, or hit it off. And we're here together now to this day uh, working on the show. And, uh, you know, my thing is, you know, yeah, I, I came from a broadcast background. Um, it's a little different from what we're doing here. This is kind of downsizing it, if you will. But, um, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff out there. Uh, and right now this is uh, kind of new for me. But, you know, you understand the concepts and the principles and, you know, what you want to achieve. It's just trying to get the, the right software uh, and hardware to work together to, uh, you know, to give you a good product. But we're, we're close. We'll probably have something up next week. I probably need to get a new uh, like we were talking about earlier, a better processor for my uh, computer. But uh, nonetheless, uh, getting back to me, you know, I'll keep it short. I, I've always been in behind the scenes. Um, somebody who's uh, you know been helping set things up, get things ready. Um, I've had a diversity of good jobs. Uh, you know, that given me wonderful experience. Um, when I was going to school, one of my favorite jobs was uh, working with a staging company. And that was, uh, you know, they set up the big concerts that came in through the, the Woodlands Pavilion, um, the Summit when that was still in business. Um, what else? Uh, Astroworld when they still had a facility out there. And, you know, a lot of the people that I met, I mean, these are professional performers that, you know, people idolize, right? But, you know, I was meeting them on a face-to-face, -face, you know, eye-to-eye handshake and, hey, how you doing? And, you know, they're really, most of them, perfectly normal people. You know, and they also have interesting stories to tell. Um, got to see a lot of interesting things when I was doing that. Um, you know, I won't kill you with a bunch of stories, but I'm, I'm thinking of so many of them. You know, big names. I mean, you know, people, um, well, I'll mention one because I like, like his, uh, what he does in the background. Uh, Phil Collins, one of the last times that he made a tour, he was out at the uh, Blimp Hangar on North 45 when they still had that hangar up there. They converted the, the 
entirety of the facility into a recording studio for him. And that was the, you know, they were going to launch the North American tour here. And uh, I think it was in Houston at the time when they were going to launch their North American tour. And that was one of the last tours that he, that he did. But they were up there for probably about two months. So I was going up there every day, going back and forth and, you know, getting a chance to, you know, meet some wonderful people and see things, you know, on a, on a grand scale. Uh, that was one good story, you know, uh, the summit, the Astrodome, when it was still, you know, had good shows. And uh, like I said, Astroworld, that was a smaller venue, but it was really nice. Besides that, though, you know, the uh, the camera work, um, the editing, um, you know, the post-production work, did a lot of that, um, had some great opportunities. And I met a lot of interesting people, like I said, and I guess the highlight, and I'm thinking of it, and I should have brought you a picture, uh, but I'll get it up on the website at some point. Um, when I was working down at a chemical plant down in Texas city. Okay. Um, we had a chance to uh, meet with then governor George Bush. And this is before nine 11 and before all that, everything happened. Uh, yeah, it was kind of a, you know, big deal. He was, he was the governor. And the next, uh, next weekend we went out and we actually met with him. We went to the governor's mansion, got some pictures taken and stuff like that. So that was a lot of fun. That was a highlight, definitely. Um, but you know, I've always been one, like I said, working behind the scenes. And one of the, my more favorite jobs that I can think about is, uh, when I was a news photographer here in Houston and, you know, you have different shifts during the day. I worked overnight, um, which was, you know, kind of the, uh, blood and gut side of things. You know, they love stories you see in the first thing in the morning, you know, big accident or, you know, apartment fire over here and, you know, shooting on the South side, seven people to stuff like that. You know, that was kind of, I want to say interesting. It got kind of depressing after a while, if you will. I mean, you know, see so much chaos out there in the world and there's some really uh, dark, empty spots in a big city and Houston, you know, it's an older city. There's a lot of, you know, areas that you probably wouldn't want to go venturing around at, you know, by yourself at night. But that was part of my job, you know, listen to a scanner, go out to a, to a scene or whatever. Um, during the day, when I worked during the day, you know, that was a different thing. And um, one of the highlights uh, during that time was I worked for, uh, well, the Houston Rockets had won their two championship back-to-back -back season. You know, that was their back-to-back -back season, right? That was a lot of fun because you go to a lot of, you know, fun things, fun events, you know, so and so they're throwing a party down here or, or there's a parade. And I met most of the guys from the team. Uh, at one point or the other, or one point or another, and uh, you know they're just really, like I said, down to earth people. A little bit taller than than most of us, Dave, but uh, really down to earth. You know, good people that just, uh, you know, it, it was, you know, these were relationships that you build up over time. And um, you know, like I said, I got a lot of good friends that are still in the business. Hopefully now with uh, with the change of events, uh, and that I have some more free time on my hand, I'll get back into that right now i've been you know dedicating a lot of time to getting the uh the live streaming going because i think there's a real need for that you know um i think the internet is uh, is wide open and it gives uh people like you and myself an opportunity to uh put our ideas out there and put our uh, message out there to people but on the same note I, you know i, I want to help people like you know that are doing something small out of their their home or whatever. And I want to help them any way I possibly can to, you know, to get that message out, to get that, you know, get them engaged with all the uh, different platforms that are out there. And there's a ton of them. I've been sticking mostly to the big names, you know, the YouTube and whatnot. Um, I use all the Google products, but, you know, again, you know, it's, it's a bit of a learning curve even for me. Uh, mine was a little bit more hands-off. I was more just, at, you know, my last job I was supervising uh, in a mass control department at, um, at Fox there. And, uh, you know, that was, that was a 
a great place to work. We had so many different people that worked there, great people, and I kind of missed them and not having that work routine. But, um, you know, this was a change. An opportunity came up, and I took it. And uh, here I am now with you, sitting face-to-face, uh, face face, enjoying some quality time with the doctor. Definitely. Now, you left out a part, because I, if I remember correctly, Uh-oh. there was a time when you were with the microphone and interviewing people, and you were probably the guy in front of the camera a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, but but not too much. Um yeah, I can't think of anything. I didn't work on any shows. I did some, maybe some um, fill-in here and there. Not much of a celebrity, but you know the roles are kind of reversed now. You know, I, I see so much going on in the mainstream media that it kind of disappoints me. And you know, I, they're not telling the the whole truth. They're not getting to what interests me. So you know, it's available and easily accessible, really, with the right equipment. You can go do it yourself, and you can put. It's something up there that is comparable to uh, what you see on the on the big box cable systems. Well, and that's why I like what we're doing because we try to tell people the truth and help them with their health out there. And uh, if we, like I said last week, we were talking, if it's our opinion, we'll tell them. But if it's factual and backed up, we'll tell them that also. And we also tell them to go check it out. Oh, absolutely. Don't, don't take anybody's word for anything. Uh, I wish more people would have asked the guys that write prescriptions a lot of questions. It, it always blows my mind that they'll ask people like us, but they forget to ask the guys that send them to the pharmacy. So uh, one of the things Joe didn't tell you was when I met him, he looked like he was ready to mm. kill if he didn't hurt so bad. That oh, I was. I was going to hurt you, Dave. Uh, he hated he hated doctors. You could see his face. A lot of mistrust. His, his poor wife was in tears, and uh, it turned out she's so worried about him, and she had as bad of back problems as he had when I met him, but yeah. she didn't say anything about her until later. But she was really worried about him, and he was in bad shape. And luckily for me and him, that very first visit, we were able to make enough of improvement that he got to see that there was a different way to go and that people before that had not really told him the whole story, which is one of the reasons he likes to do honest news, and he fits right in with our show here because he wants people to know the truth and not just what the mainstream media would like you to know. Um, You turn on mainstream media news, and you'll hear about all kinds of synthetic crap vitamins and 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 how many commercials are for pharmaceutical medications. And none of that stuff's good for you. So we're trying to help people the right way. We actually have a conscience. And so we're not we're not gonna try to sell anything. We have a couple of sponsors and it's because we really believe in and use their products. Um we have some people that we refer to, like my good buddy Steve O'Brien out there in, in Fredericksburg uh, has quality computers, but I think he ought to change the title to this quality services because he does everything and he does everything well. And he is just really sharp. And my buddy John Jarnicky out there has got uh, the Circle Diamond J uh, construction, and one of his specialties is a uh, rubber roofing thing, but he does everything. And they're both in Fredericksburg, but they work all over the place. And my buddy Doc Green, who's on this radio show also, 
Uh, he is an audiovisual expert and does a lot of in-home theater and wonderful things. And so these are all great people that you'll hear us talk about from time to time. And uh, if you if you need any extra information, Frank's got a lot of this. Uh, you can call in at one eight hundred nine three two nineteen eighty, and we'll fix you up. If you go to our uh, AmericanVoiceRadio.com, you will see a a place there where there's all kinds of information. You can check archive shows, you can see schedules, and you can also donate, which is greatly appreciated because contrary to popular belief, a radio station is not a business. It's it's a public broadcasting thing. It's a tool and it is something wonderful and it, it, it is supported by you. So thanks to you and our sponsors that believe in what we're doing, you know, we're able to do this. Dave, you've made such a difference in my life. You know, that's one of the reasons that I you know, was really eager to come out here and, and do the show with you. I thought you had a great setup, um, but, you know, judging on the quality of the work that you did on me physically, I was like, yeah, you know, he's, he's onto something good and he's getting a good message out there. And, you know, people like you, I want to talk about, you know, I want to talk about small businesses. I've, I kind of have a business plan or just a general plan in mind, but I want to, you know, all these people that are, you know, have these wonderful um, ideas and, and businesses and, and do good things. I want to, I want to put a little spotlight on them. You know, and like I said, I, I've got a couple of things cooking, but um, definitely working with you has been the highlight of my last six months. And he drives a pretty good distance to be here to do the show every week, everybody. So that that's pretty special. And uh, he just fits right in. Uh, he called in a few weeks back, and the call went so well that I had said before we got off air, uh, if, if you're still listening and you'd like to come on and host the show with me, I'd love to have you because you can just tell it flowed naturally. Well, he was listening and he called and uh, he volunteered. He could have done this from home, but he wanted to come and do it in studio and it's worked out really fun. Yeah. And we actually have a studio audience on top of that, so that's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah we're going to get a lot of mileage out of that studio audience tonight. That's <laughs> for sure. Yeah, like I said, if you hear clapping, we didn't pay. I'm honest. Or crying. I, it could go either way. <laughs> yeah. uh, Frank says that um, you can do a video Skype, and he can feed it through AVRN's live YouTube channel. Uh, so we'll, we'll maybe talk to him about that at break, or you can talk to him because it sounds like more you and him okay. working yeah. on that. So. Yeah, I had set up Skype on this computer, but yeah, things started bogging down and you know, all sorts of weird connections were going on. But, yeah, we'll try that again. I wanted to get the uh, – this is a, a program that was just for – Broadcasting, and you know, it's really a phenomenal tool. I well, mean, everything's talk free. To him about that, yeah, definitely. He definitely. knows all this stuff. So, mm-hmm. Frank, uh, we'll hook you up with Joe at break if you could. And uh, he had it working on YouTube, but there was a little background noise, and we haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, it's just running really slow right now, and I probably have to get a something a little he, sturdier. He, he does have a computer that has one of those hand cranks, mm. so I'm not sure if maybe that's part of the problem. I smell smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the wheels are turning. Most definitely. Oh, uh, one of our sponsors is New Mana Foods. Oh yeah, they got a new uh, product out, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they 
are great people. Uh, it's a husband and wife that started the company, and what they wanted to do was to put out a product that was so good that you could eat it every day, but it was that emergency storage food, and that, that was really important to them, and the new manna was the manna of food from heaven, and uh, everything they were doing was natural and wonderful, but they just contacted me the other day. I talked to Dan from New Manna, and um, he said that they went the extra mile and got the certification on a new bucket of food. It has 162 meals, wow. and it's 390-something dollars, and it is all certified organic. Wow. Uh, we had some questions from one of our uh, listeners about what kind of plastic the bucket was made out of. And uh, I hadn't even thought of that, so I called Dan and talked to him, and he said, it's a good quality plastic, but don't worry, uh, the plastic, uh, the packages that the food is in is the utmost, the f most fabulous, so you don't have to worry. Right. Uh, so that was a separate issue. You so. have to try some of that sometime. Anyway, uh, we are getting ready to go to a commercial break, so please hang with us, and we'll see you on the other side of that break, and hopefully Joe and Frank can figure out a little bit on doing YouTube.
19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR 2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR 2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. I would like to tell you about the only truly natural dog and cat food I have found anywhere. Most all companies add a synthetic vitamin mineral pack to their dry or kibble food. Nature's logic is different. With all natural ingredients and nothing man-made added, their owner, Scott Freeman, worked for another pet food company but decided he wanted to do things right. So he started Nature's Logic. You can check them out at naturelogic.com. You will find online and local stores where you can find their products. I spent a lot of time trying to find an all-natural pet food, and Nature's Logic was the only one out there. Give your pets the best and check out naturelogic.com. Your pets will be glad you did. They also have many other natural pet products to try. that's just 
you know, uh, specific for this show. So, you want to tell everybody where that's at so they can go take a look? Yeah. I'm on my computer. Yeah, I, you know, I knew yeah. he was going to do that. He's holding out on you. Oh, well, I didn't want to, you know, roll it all out at once. It's been kind of a work in progress. And I'm I'm kind of catching up because I was so busy with, you know, other, other work that, you know, I was doing. Um, like aquaponics? How'd you know? Hey, actually, you know, you mentioned that. It's funny because uh, one of my farms called me back today, and uh, I'm hopefully hopefully going to be talking to them uh, tomorrow or whatnot. But they've got some great uh, training courses out there, and they're the uh, one of the farms that has the actual product in the shelf. That's uh, Sand Creek Farms. My friend um, Ben and uh, his wife, uh, Alicia. Um, Oh boy, Ben and Alicia. That's that's all we need to know at this point. But uh, yeah, Sand, Sand Creek Farms are out there in Cameron, Texas. If uh, you're listening and you're out in that area, but uh, and, and we do have the studio audience laughing, ladies and gentlemen. If you hear that in the background, I'm sorry. It's been a long day, and the last name is Godfrey actually. And I didn't I didn't look at any notes. Ben and Alicia Godfrey, yes. But I talked to. Um, oh, I'll be talking to them tomorrow. But you know, it takes a little time sometimes. These are, again, like yourself, and you know, you know what it's like. You know, you're one man band. You're you're doing everything, and I find myself bringing all that's coming back. You know, you've got to be the program director, and uh, you know the, the the talent as well. And uh, you know, you have to write this stuff, or at least kind of think about what you're going to do. And, and you see my notes, and you know, I enjoy writing as well. So uh, I like to research and write things down that are relevant to uh, what we need to do. And we talked about the flu uh, season last week, and we just wanted to follow up with that as well because, you know, our whole point is a natural solution, and we're not going to sit here and nitpick on all the negatives. But, David, I know you've got some great information because you've helped me, so I'm going to let you relay that information to the viewers, what they need to do now to get through flu season. And and thank you for that, but before we go there, there was a couple things that you wanted to follow up from last week. Uh, You had just a couple things that you'd done some research on? Yeah, well, there's so much stuff going on, and, uh, you know, I think we skimmed through a lot of the different, uh, you know, things, some of the negative stuff on, you know, and who's connected to who and what their maybe motivation is. But, um, you know, some of the highlights, if you didn't have a chance to listen to last week's show, there's some stuff in these shots this year that is very – Ah, dangerous. Let's just put it that way. They're making it with stuff. Now, compared to what they did last year, this is a new season, and um, they've rolled out a lot of new products that uh, you really want to, I want to say avoid, because there's another route to get to, you know, you don't want to get sick to get healthy. You want to get healthy to stay healthy, right? Is that a better analogy? You know, I wouldn't recommend a shot. I haven't gotten a shot in a long time, and I've been very healthy. You know, I see sick people around me all the time, but if you keep your immune system strong, you know, nourishment, uh, making sure you eat right, get enough sleep, you know, just the basics. You're going to avoid a lot of those things, but definitely don't go out of the way and get a shot. Yeah. <laughs> and, and a member of the audience said, I'll drink to that. Ah, raise like a glass. Yeah, no, I, hey, I tell you what, there is some medicinal purpose. Do you still recommend that for a patient? I, I think everybody should drink a little every day. I think it's a wonderful thing. And, and it also works as a uh, the common everyday people's uh, tranquilizer because mm. only the rich folks can afford all those very expensive tranquilizers. Yeah, but yeah, a little a little alcohol every day I think is good for everybody. Mm. Uh, a little's great. Just don't swim in the bottle because mm. uh, you know then you, you're overdoing it yeah. and you don't appreciate. One of the things about alcohol, whatever you like to drink, if you if you overindulge. 
you're not enjoying what you drink. And it's also not healthy that way. Yeah. With anything, I don't care. You could drink too much water. Yeah. Now, we've, we've had people actually die from drinking too much water. Uh, so you got to be careful with anything. But I, I think everything's fine in moderation. Today, people get a little crazy. And they, they try to avoid everything, and everything's taboo. And uh, as you know, we've got some wonderful friends that um, will make a list of things that they want to ask when they go out uh, any place to eat or stuff like that. And, and some of that's good. Uh, I think you, if you go to a restaurant and you let them know that you're interested in what kind of oils they cook with and what kind of, you know, do they use farm-to-market stuff and they're working with the local gardens and that, that, that kind of stuff, they'll appreciate that. And you're kind of voting with your wallet in a polite way because they'll hear you and they'll want to they'll do the good things. And that helps your immune system. And then in my office, I tell everybody you should be doing some Immuplex by Standard Process. It is a fabulous product. It's got all the vitamins and minerals and trace minerals. It's got some glandulars like spleen, liver, and thymus. Thymus very important for stimulating T cells to fight any kind of infection. It's got the highest natural amount of real natural vitamin C of anything I've found. And uh, it's just a wonderful product. What I tell people is around cold and flu season, if people around you are getting sick, take a little more. But at least one or two a day um, when you're not in the flu season, and it heads off a lot of problems. It's a really great product. The, the Immuplex and then the Cardio Plus for your heart arteries and circulation, and because the heart's a muscle, it's fabulous for all muscle tissue, and you'll find that that really helps the body. So those are two of the most important things. Now, if you do get sick, we've got wonderful things like Conjuplex and Thymax and Euphrasia. Now they changed it. Uh, it's, it's a Timetier product. It's called Sinus Forte now because it works so good for the sinus problems. Uh, so we have a lot of tools, and you won't be sick long. Uh, the people that uh, get the sickest are usually the ones, in my experience, uh, and this is, I guess you'd say it's my opinion, but it's my opinion from almost 20 years of seeing it happen, is the ones that are doing a lot of medications. And if you're doing a lot of medications, it's like shooting yourself with your own silver bullets, you know, uh, it just makes no sense. And a lot of people really believe they need these medications, but it hurts them. And the best thing most people can do is stay away from the medications, try to eat better. A little, a little alcoholic beverage mixed into your life is a great thing. And uh, take good things like the Envyplex from Standard Process and the Cardio Plus for your heart and arteries and circulation. Uh, just a wonderful, wonderful couple of products that uh, I think in, in many cases maybe even be life-saving. They're so good for you. Um, nobody in the nutritional healthcare industry can say anything cures anything. They, they said the only place you can say that from is if it comes from the pharmacy, which is a terrible misnomer. But all I can say is I might not be able to tell you it cures anything, but, so I guess I've just seen a lot of miracles, and uh, that makes me feel pretty good. 
And like Joe said, uh, his family's been sick at different times and we've done different things and they've responded pretty well. Um, you know, and that's, that's what you base things on. But I don't want paperwork research. I want real life patient research and patients tell you what's going on and, and, the, and you learn to troubleshoot with each patient differently because each patient responds differently to something. And it's great that you can, um, you know, as a patient, I can build a rapport with you, you know, traditional insurance, you know, they bounce around, doctors are moving all over the place and it's usually, you know, because it's contractual obligations or whatever, but, you know, you are dedicated to your patient and like I said, you'll call back and uh, you know what some of the problems are. You'll spend extra time with us, uh, you know, if needed. And anytime I've come out here with an ache or a pain, uh, you usually just shake that uh, special... <laughs> special magic wand you have, whatever it is, but you just uh, you just have a natural ability to uh, make things right. And I was looking for something funny there. I, a knife flashed before my eyes. I said, I better back down a little bit because I already got worn once. <laughs> it's a tough business uh, in case you're still uh, wondering about. Well, you know, and you hit it on it before, Joe, naturally building your immune system. Uh, the body uh, is designed to be exposed to things and build up a resistance and learn how to fight that stuff. Uh, there's no excuse making people believe that they need anything other than that. Now, if you've got them loaded up with medications or you've got them starving to death, well, and nothing's gonna matter anyway, and, and a flu shot or some vaccine's not even gonna help. And as we brought up last week, uh, very sad, uh, I had said the uh, last time I had looked into it, it was like 26 shots or different products were given to a baby in the hospital before it ever left. Yeah. And we looked into some other research and it said closer to 40. So we wonder why there's autism and all the problems. And a lot of people, this one really blows my mind. You will have people say, I don't want my kids in school with kids that haven't had their vaccines and all the shots. To me, it's just the other way around. Let your kids get out and play with the other kids when they have colds and all this stuff. Let them share the mud and the dirt and the, the germs and all that stuff, and they'll all be healthier for it. Plus, their emotional state's better because they get out and play. A lot of these school programs today, they don't let the kids have recess. I talked to a patient the other day, and the children weren't getting recess until 20 minutes before they went home. Hmm. Now, you take little kids, you take anybody, but little kids especially, when they're at that time in their life where they're supposed to be learning and playing outside mm -hmm. and experiencing all this stuff, and picking up those germs so they can build up immunities, and you hold them in a classroom until 20 minutes before they go home, when they get home, they're gonna be like a Super Bowl bouncing off the wall. Anybody that remembers Super Bowls? Oh, yeah. Um, so it's, it's a terrible thing. Let your kids be exposed. Uh, I see people all the time wearing those masks when they hear of a flu or a bug in the air, mm. and that you'll see them walking around downtown in different places wearing a mask. Yeah. I think just the opposite. Get exposed to it naturally the way God designed your body. If you don't believe in God, that's, that's your call. Um, but I, I truly believe that uh, the body was designed 
to handle a lot of things very efficiently and we don't help it at all when we start injecting it with vaccines and flu shots and and all the stuff that it, you know the body doesn't need you you can't show me anywhere where the body's deficient in any of that stuff and if you're you take enough of that we see problems later on in life and wonder where they came from but we really know they came from all those initial vaccines and as you and I talked last week, Joe, when you go in the military, you're a pincushion yeah. with air guns. Yeah. You just walk through that line and you get so many shots, you have no idea what they've done to us. No, and like you said, you don't realize until later on in life, you know, oh, where did I get that? Or why is this bothering me now? And, you know, at least we've made it this far in life. You know, I, my heart goes out to the uh, parents of uh, children that had to go through and get 40 shots and, you know, had some sort of disastrous outcome from that. And that does happen. Uh, we'd be fooled to say it didn't. Um, you just don't hear from those people. You know, they kind of sweep them under the rug and say, oh, everything's fine. Come on in. Get your shot. It's a difficult choice. I realize that in some instances you are mandated to uh, to get shots and you have to prove that you've gotten these shots. But, you know, there are options and there are, uh, you know, other other things to do you know i mean going to a public school these days is, is a gamble and you know not just getting sick i mean you might just end up getting you know seriously injured you know shot stabbed um but you know you can homeschool that's a that's a great solution to that problem. and uh the kid walks out of there with a better education you get to spend more time with your kid and, and you know it's funny you mention that because when your kid grows up it's your kid that you're dealing with. You're not, you know, hitting those early teen years and, uh, you know, why, why is my kid acting like this? What, what's going on? Well, you know, he's acting out all those things that he picked up in that public school system, you know, and, and you're like wondering where it came from. But, you know, homeschooling, that's a simple solution. So wherever there's a problem, we're going to try to find a solution because that's what we're all about, trying to find solutions for you know for people that have needs right now and um, you know talking about health and uh, keeping your immune system that's the basic building block you know if you're not healthy hmm, forget about it's it it's funny you mentioned the homeschool hmm. one of the things i've noticed we have a lot of homeschool families come to me yeah. and uh, there's a lot of wonderful homeschool plans here in the houston area so they they, they tell me that the program is really great today that one of the homeschool groups has a not back to school party every year. They have their own science fair. They have their own art fair. Uh, they have their own Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, Cub Scouts, uh, everything, all just from the homeschool. Oh, and one of the things that I noticed was the parents and the children, especially those teenage years, that homeschool. They still get along really well, and mom and dad are still cool. Mm. And the ones that are in public school through those teen years, they want nothing to do with their parents. Parents aren't cool at all. You're, you don't know anything. You're, you know, drop me off 100 miles from the school I'll walk. And the homeschool is just the opposite. And so there is something to what you said about homeschooling and being with your kid and getting to know your kids better. Uh, for a lot of parents in the beginning, that's a tough thing to be your kid's teacher. But in real life, that's the way it used to be. That's right. The parents and the grandparents taught the children. Mm -hmm. And the little schools were just a, a part of that. But the real learning came growing up, working the farms, the ranches, whatever you did. That's what made this country great, you know.
And, uh, you know, if you talk about health, this is health of a nation. You know, you have a healthy family, you've got a, a healthy nation. Unfortunately, you know, you see so many attacks against the family and they even make it hard. You know, like we talked about your, uh, you know, before, David, when I first started coming out here, they made it so difficult for you to treat me. You know, it's like with all the paperwork. Why? You know, and you're doing something great and it's like they got to make it more complicated, you know, complicate something really simple. But uh, anyway, the family, you know, that that is the building block of this country. And the more healthy families, uh, I think the healthier the country will be and the better off it'll be. You know, that's just my two cents. And oh, I, I agree. And um, the more parents that can homeschool or get their kids out of public school, uh, the better off they are. And and it's really sad because uh, the government and and unfortunately, I believe it was uh, the president's wife. Uh, they tell me was the one instrumental in what the cafeterias at the public schools were feeding the kids. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I saw the menu, and she thought it was healthy. So obviously, she has no background in nutrition. And the people that were telling her, I guess somebody was advising her, they didn't have a background in nutrition. And so the foods they were putting out for these kids not only weren't very healthy, but it was stuff the kids didn't like. And many of the kids just quit eating the school lunch to where the schools were having to throw food away. Yeah, I remember So that. a lot of them pulled out of the program and said, we don't want your government funding for the lunches anymore. It's costing us a fortune throwing away food. Mm-hmm. Well, and like you said, there's no benefit to the, uh, the the food. The kids aren't getting the nutrition. They can't focus while they're in class. They're wound up as tight as a top by the time they get out of there. And then they go home, mom and dad, and you wonder why you have conflict. And you have all this, you know, I won't say anger, but animosity towards each other. You know, it's like you know, parents and the kids just aren't seeing eye to eye anymore. But anyway, well, we've had good experiences, uh, and there's so good people out there that are getting along and uh, making it work. You know, and it's not all bad all the way around. But that whole school lunch program was a uh, complete and utter yeah, it was terrible. failure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, and I think it just came down to the money. You know, basically, it's like how can we get a little bit more money into the system or get it from the schools and get them, you know, doing what we tell them to do. Because whenever you take money, obviously, you you owe that person. So you got that little thing running. But and, you know, uh, if, mm. if anybody's going to do a program like that, they need to know about nutrition. I agree. I and agree. nutrition's a, a really interesting field, but there's a lot of things that people think are one thing and are not. And it looked like with the president's wife, that either her ideas or whoever advised her were were in the wrong direction, and the food was not healthy, and they thought it was. They thought they did some great thing. Uh, an, another big deal that
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.